What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Stanaway. In today's episode, we will be doing part two with William Walker of Creating Warrior Allies. Now, part two is going to be a little bit longer. His wife got involved. We went down some deep conspiracy rabbit holes, talked more jujitsu, talked more real life, and ultimately, we had a blast. It went it went way longer and got way deeper than I ever expected. And I love that. I think that that's fantastic. Most people just have small talk conversation, you know, passing by throughout their lives with other humans. So for me to be able to have the, the pleasure to sit down with a buddy and just fucking go hard and go deep and get to know each other, I find massive gratitude in that. So... Bill, fuck yeah, brother. Love you, man. This is going to be a rad one. So I just got back from vacation with my family. We went out to the Ho Rainforest on the peninsula coast area of the northwest tip of Washington State. And we had an incredible time. Took all the kids. We, we took hikes. We went up to waterfalls. We stopped on the side of the road to go places if we seen signs like we weren't on any time frame or anything and ultimately we had a fantastic time it was a wonderful experience and my children will remember that for the rest of their lives we've gone to theme parks before we've done other things and it's fun but for whatever reason this time I mean Talon alone was like this is the best vacation I've ever had I think he said every 10 minutes when we were hiking on one trail, I'm having so much fun. Just the ability to roam through the forest and go through the creeks and the waterfalls and the moss and the mushrooms and just all the wildlife. We see a bunch of deer. So I highly advise taking your children to go out into nature and explore. Uh, we also stopped on the way to the Ho Rainforest at Fort Warden. Here in Washington State, we have like a triangulated fort on, so there's three forts. There's Fort Casey, Fort Warden, and I can't remember the other one. I keep forgetting. But they make like a triangle right on the tip. So anyone who would try to come into the Puget Sound through the Strait of Juan de Fuca out from the Pacific Ocean would be able to be targeted. That was set up prior to World War One, And then at World War Two, they were using it again we never did get invaded no one ever shot at us and one day i guess on the intercom they were like okay go home so i brought the kids up there we went in the bunkers we seen the fucking the guns that they had and the cannons we went on a little tour through the through the artillery museum and yeah that was awesome too just some of the stuff is just unbelievable i couldn't figure out I couldn't figure out how they built all this. You know, I'm someone who is intrigued by history. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so in the early 1900s, they built all this fucking concrete. They said they started in 1902, and they were completed in 1904. So two years to build all of this. And I'm like, well, they have fucking concrete trucks with concrete pumpers, rebar. Like, I don't understand I don't understand how this was all built like that. And 
plus all the the doors that are like in the bunkers and the caves into the wall and the underground tunnels it's they didn't have welders and i'm looking at all of the ironwork because i've been an iron worker my whole life and everything is traditionally joined through mortise and tenon well if it's a mortise and tenon or some type of rivet that's been fastened it's just i don't know it just seems unreasonable and to be honest it doesn't even seem possible so that caught my attention actually when we were about to leave uh park ranger heard me talking or overheard me asking the question about the concrete and he came and he was like well actually uh they mixed the concrete on site but all of the concrete came from belgium because when the original sample piece was made they used salt water and the architect or the engineer said that it failed well it wasn't that the concrete was bad it was that the salt water had made faulty concrete but because of that the engineer said that the concrete needed or the cement needed to be from somewhere else so it came from belgium and i'm like what it's coming from belgium all the way across the world and then getting mixed here. How does that make sense? Was was there like no airplanes then? I don't fucking know. I don't know. I guess in World War II there was airplanes. I don't know. I don't know. I, it just it boggles my mind. Either that or I'm missing something or they're leaving some shit out. I, I don't fucking know. So Fort Warden was cool. The kids had fun. Vanessa had fun. Um, the whole rainforest was was fantastic. One of the things, they had like these little signs in the in the rainforest, in the like on the hike, and every I don't know, I'd say quarter mile, this little sign would be like in front of a tree, and they always had these super deep poems or quotes on there, and one of them really caught my attention. And it says, it says, a letter to the person who carved his name in the oldest living long leaf pine. Tell me what it's like to live without curiosity, without awe, to sail on clear water, rolling your eyes at the kelp reefs swaying beneath you, ignoring the flicker of mermaid scales in the mist, looking at the world and feeling only boredom. To stand on the precipice of some wild valley with eagles circling and a herd of caribou booming below and to yawn with indifference. To discover something primordial and holy. To have the smell of the earth welcome you to everywhere. To take it all in and then to reach for your knife. And it gave me goosebumps reading that. Maybe some of you guys hear that and it, it doesn't resonate with you and that's okay. But for whatever reason, it resonated deeply with me because I ended up having to read it again. The first time I read it, it was like, okay. And then when I went up and I read the, the title and it was like letter to the person who carved his name in the oldest living longleaf pine. And that's it is like, tell me what it's like to live without curiosity, without awe, to sail on clear water, rolling your eyes at, at the kelp reef swaying beneath you, 
ignoring the flicker of the mermaid scales in the mist, looking at the world and feeling only boredom, to stand on the precipice of some wild valley with eagles circling and a herd of caribou booming below, and to literally yawn with indifference, to discover something primordial and holy, to have the smell of the earth welcome you to everywhere, to take it all in, and then to reach for your knife. It's like, fuck, man, that's pretty deep. And then there was another one that says, all I have is the woods inside my head. And it says, Minerva, calm me down. I am trying to remember the way the deer always emerged every time I thought of them and how bones would surface in the dirt at the marsh. I'm sniffing pine cones back to the forest floor, rubbing fingers together to make moss, smoking toward the orchard where I could never find the owl in the rotting tree. What kind of tree? I can't remember. Years pass. I'm at my desk doing a hormone shot with my cam off and trying to remember when someone's in, in the webinar. On trans <clears throat> femme aesthetics says they don't believe anything innate. I laugh on mute. I too have been tossing nature, nurture in my mind, but who hasn't? Now, what God threw up this unforgettable sunset tonight? I step out to the deck in the trans mask robe because in the end, no one will remember. All that I have named has a life outside of me. On certain days, when the humidity is just right, I remember everything. I regret nothing. Birch tree. That's deep. That's deep. I feel that one too. So I took pictures of that and and I'm going to save them. I like shit like that. It makes me think. And I like things that are not surface level. I like deep stuff and I like to ponder. So yeah, that was the vacation. We're home. We're back. Back to jujitsu, back to life, back to the farm and back to fucking crushing it. Next thing. Obviously, every podcast I do Herb of the Week or something like that. However, I would like to give a big shout out to Kayla in Corley, Idaho. She got a hold of me on Instagram and gave me some uh, constructive criticism that I took very well. And she brought up that I don't only just do herbs. Sometimes I do trees. Sometimes I teach how to make a poultice. Like, it's more than just herbs, and essentially, it's Mother Nature's gifts. So, rather than doing Herb of the Week, I'm going to continue doing what we're doing, or what I'm doing, but I'm not going to call it Herb of the Week. We're going to do Viking tips, because it's not just herbs. It's all sorts of different shit. And today, the Viking tip is going to be about the Tower Busters that I've been making. But before we get on to that, I want to pull up the internet here, and I want to talk about the chakra system. I've seen some crazy shit going on, okay? You got the Pride Month going on. You got drag queen story time. You got fucking dudes pretending to be, like, Snow White or some princess thing at Disneyland, greeting little boys and, like, putting makeup on and... Yeah, Cinderella or Snow White or I don't even remember all their names. Sleeping Beauty. It's fucking weird. But there's a reason to it. 
and that's part of the agenda that they're pushing towards the future is getting us all fucking inverted. So everything that you see in nature, just whatever the, the deep state or the bad guys or the elite or the globalists, whoever's fucking running the world right now, calling the shots, they like to invert nature. They like to destroy it and make it the opposite. So rather than boys and women, you know, making children, then we'll have synthetic or artificial children. Or instead of having your apple tree grow regular apples or your corn grow regular corn, they got to genetically modify it so it's not natural. That's their, that's their favorite thing. And one of the things that I've noticed is if we pull up the chakra system, okay, a lot of people know about the chakra system. A lot of people do not know about the chakra system. Chakra system is energy points within your body. There are seven of them, okay? There is... Seven, they start at the bottom, they go all the way to the top, and they are color-coded. You have your root chakra, your sacral chakra, your solar plexus chakra, your heart chakra, throat chakra, third eye chakra, and your crown chakra. So each one of those chakras has a color to it. And the root chakra, which is the very bottom one that's located like essentially... Uh, like where your taint is, your fucking perineum, I think is what it's called, is your root chakra. And that is red. And then as it goes up, it goes orange, yellow, green, light blue, like royal blue, and then indigo or violet. I think, yeah, purple. And that is the way that uh, we are made. That's just, that's just. Our design, the human design. And then you come over here and you type in. So that's the chakra system. And then you type in the pride flag. And it's the exact same color system, but inverted. So instead of red being on the bottom, red is at the top. Now, what most people don't know is that red is the color of the root chakra, which is also the color of sex, which is also the root chakra's um, major role. So when we have it at the bottom, that means that that's the as, as low as you can get, where you're where you're just like a wild fucking animal. You literally just fuck, fight, and feast. Which don't get me wrong, those are still probably my three favorite things to do on planet Earth. However, I understand that in order to ascend my spirit, to enlighten myself, to, to expand my consciousness, I must bring that energy up the chakra system, up the kundalini system, and that is where the real growth comes from. It doesn't mean that you don't get to do those things anymore. It just means that you're not stuck in those things. You can tell people who have, are stuck in the root chakra. At the very bottom, the low vibration, the cucks, the simps, the limp dicks, the fucking fat, nasty World of Warcraft dude who's got cum stains in his fucking belly button and Cheeto dust stained fingers. Those guys are stuck in their root chakra. And you can see that on the pride flag, they have flipped it to where that is the top. That is the number one. I seen earlier today that Sweden has now officially declared sex as a sport. And on June 8th, they will have a game show competition that 
is going to be about sex, about how long you last, how much you pleasure your part, the, your, your, I don't know if it's your partner or opponent or I don't know, but it's all about sex. And it's like, man, guys, I'm someone who fucking loves sex more than anything. I love getting down. I love being intimate. I love being fucking, we can be romantic. We can fuck. We can make love. We can have a quickie. We can make it all night. Like, I don't give a shit. I love all of that. However, I still understand that this is private between you and another person. Doesn't Whatever you do behind closed doors, whatever you do at your fucking house or in your car or even out in the woods, do whatever you want. But to push sex as like the ultimate glory thing is, is pushing us backwards. It's not correct. It's anti, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's not the correct way. And here I have a little thing that's called, um, the muladhara, which is the root chakra. It says, in theory, the muladhara is the root of the body's energy and plants us to the ground. Just like the roots of a tree, it develops between conception and puberty, making it the first chakra to fully mature. Characterized by the color red, the root chakra represents our survival instinct and sense of safety. An open root chakra means a person feels vivacious and energized when the chakra is closed we feel frustration depressed and anxious along with having a loss of energy and vitality the impact of a closed root chakra when the root chakra is closed or imbalanced it can impact the state of your mental health leading to anxiety depression or even anger and rage if the root chakra is blocked it may be because of a trauma you experienced at some point in your life especially if it happened in childhood. Early traumas shape our survival mechanisms and defense mechanism, and when left unresolved, they can lead to mental illness. The root chakra becomes blocked when our fight-or-flight response is triggered. When a person feels threatened, the first thing that happens is the anus contracts and tension radiates through the body. Generally, the body relaxes when the threat is gone and the root chakra reopens, which... You know, I grew up riding dirt bikes, or if any of you guys have ever done any type of extreme sports or anything, they have a saying, like, made your fucking butthole pucker, or you clenched your asshole, or, you know, there's all these different terms that we say, and it's because of that, which is closing our, our root chakra. It says, sex in the root chakra. We know that sexual issues often develop in childhood. And we know that childhood trauma, especially sexual trauma, can take its toll. For example, the painful intercourse many girls describe the first time they have sex is mostly psychosomatic. The pain is caused by the fact that she thinks it will hurt, so she fears the pain. The body prepares for the pain by closing the root chakra, which tightens the muscles of the pelvic floor and reduces vaginal lubrication, which causes the pain and bleeding. Ultimately, it hurts because she thought it would hurt. Yes, that hurt has a set precedent. Because she experienced pain during her first sexual encounter, she associates pain with sex. She will anticipate pain the next time she has intercourse. And thus, the body will have the same reaction. 
This recurring pattern of sexual dysfunction will not be resolved until she is able to open her root chakra. So, it gives you uh, ways to to open the root chakra, which I'm not going to go into. But if you guys are interested in your own chakra system and what's opened, what's closed, I would highly suggest looking into that. So, let's get on to the Viking tip. I decided that I was going to make some tower busters. Tower busters are, well, um, I'll, I'll get right into it. So it's organite. Now, what is organite? Organite is an energy device made from resin, metal shavings, and quartz that produces orgone energy, also known as scalar energy, life force energy, chi, prana, and ether. Based on the research of Dr. Wilhelm Reich, Orgone devices like organite generate positive orgone energy along with the piezoelectric charge of quartz. This positive energy cleans stagnant negative energy and deadly orgone radiation known as DOR from the environment and transmute it into a healthy orgone state. The DOR is the result of non-native EMF and pollution from the geoengineering cellular phone towers, Wi-Fi routers, smart meters, Bluetooth devices, and everyday cell phone use. Oh, let's see. It says where to use Organite. Use Organite anywhere near EMF sources, such as Wi-Fi routers, smart meters, and cell towers. Use it anywhere you would like to neutralize DOR. Pump negative ions into the atmosphere, which is a good thing, and transmute negative electromagnetic fields and frequencies. Boost positive energy levels and raise the collective vibration of yourself and your environment. One of the ways that you can do that is by gifting or using a tower buster, which is what I have been making. It says the term tower buster comes from its ability to neutralize harmful EMF from cell towers and other EMF devices. In the orgone community, the term gifting means to distribute, bury, or strategically hide orgone devices near high EMF sources or places with excess negative energy in order to return the area to a natural and healthy energetic state. Orgone workers gift cell towers, power plants, bodies of water, and densely populated areas like schools, concerts, pavilions, and places to worship. So, if you would like to... Know more about this, get a hold of me if you would be interested in purchasing some or you just want to figure out what the fuck all this is, get a hold of me. So you can get a hold of me at Instagram at Tyler Stanaway or at Compassionate Viking. You can email me at stanawayrootsandravens at gmail.com. You can read my story on Give, Set, and Go by clicking my campaign and typing in Compassionate Viking. My whole story is on there. If you'd like to donate, that's always appreciated. If you'd like to pray, that's appreciated. If anything I say you find value in, please share with your friends. If you could leave a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening, that helps with the algorithm. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing, continue to work towards this app, continue to build this, this, whatever I'm building, Viking, compassionate Viking brand, still working on this school. I've been out in the blacksmith shop forging all day. 
I've been making some things. I hope to get a web page set up so that the things that I am making, I can post on there if you, any of you guys are interested in purchasing. So, yeah, that's it. That's the fucking show. Just kidding, guys. We got a whole another two hours for you. So, with that being said, let's get on with it. Hey guys, before we start the podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to NFS Company out in Colorado Springs. They had their fucking grand opening, and now you can go in the store and check out all of their cool shit. Remember, they got firearms, they got ammo, they got optics, tactical gear, suppressors, you name it, they have it. Not only that, they can find the rare shit. For instance, I got my Glock 19 FDE from them, and it's kind of hard to come by. They found it, had it to me in two days. That's amazing. I'm all the way up in Washington, and they're in Colorado, so you can't fucking beat that. On top of that, anyone looking for preparedness for firearms training, they got a private range out there with a badass 10th Group Special Forces instructor. I don't know if you guys know, but finding people with that expertise is kind of hard to come by these days. So get on top of that. Go to www.nfsshootingsupply.com, or you can find them on Instagram, at nofuckingslack.co. On their Instagram is where you can find their schedule. If you're interested in anything, make sure that you support American-made shit, guys. This is how we're going to change the world. No fucking slack. (laughs) All right, we're back, guys. So, topic on break was brought up. We were going for uh, benefits of jujitsu, how it's going to better our life, okay. and we will get there. Okay. But right off the bat, in the fucking, in, in the halftime show. We got into your wheelhouse. We got into, yeah, because like I said, I don't even know if, I don't know your political views. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what you stand for. Mm-hmm. I'm the most completely out of touch with reality and way out on the fringes <laughs> of society here. So, when I come to another person, it's like... Okay, where are we where starting? Do I yeah say you know yeah yeah, yeah. all this crazy stuff yeah. or do I <laughs> pretend to be totally normal like them, and then I find out that we're on the same page there, here. There's a lot. There's a lot of crossover. Yeah. So, adrenochrome was brought up, and I actually have been talking about this on my last two podcasts. <sighs> do I think that it's real? Yes, yes. It's a proven fact that it's real. However. You know, that's like saying, like, uh, do you believe a mouth is real? Sure. But what what the elites, in my opinion, do is it goes back to the energy harvesting, the which seems ridiculous, and it doesn't. it's not even a part of our society. But it's uh, the best way I could describe it, like I always say, is to Monsters, Inc. You have this show that shows of these beings that go around and scare the fuck out of prepubescent humans, so children before puberty, and they scare the fuck out of them, and that energy fills up their battery to run society. Now, I think that there's actually something to this, because it goes super deep, but the symbolism within Hollywood, 
the worshiping of these weird pagan gods, such as Moloch, which is the child sacrifice god, mm-hmm. Baphomet, which is the transgender god, with the with the goat with horns. Yeah, it's yeah. got like, it's either tits and a, yeah, it's, it, it's some transgender yeah. goat. Yeah, yeah. And then I find out about these like parties, yeah. Bilderberg groups, and Bohemian Grove. Well, and just the. Uh when there's certain people that have been exposed to it and then they find their way out uh, and then they talk about it. Uh, I forgot the one guy with the fro, Andy was his name. Okay. Uh, He was a low-level actor Mm -hmm. and he committed suicide jumping off a bridge in like the middle of the desert. Okay. Remember who I'm talking about? Oh, Is or Andy Cappy or Cappy. Cap- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, with Tom Hanks and the gloves, yeah, and, like, and the children's shoes. But he he talked pretty openly about like some of these weird parties, and there was just another big celebrity actually that just came out and and vaguely like in passing kind of mentioned uh, some of the weird weird stuff that that goes on in some of these like Hollywood. Uh, kind of parties yeah and uh, i think angelina jolie there was a video of her talking about it like recently uh when she was like uh, younger have you ever yeah. seen the movie eyes wide shut with tom cruise i mean if i did it was a long time ago i can't even remember i don't watch movies yeah but that's one for the people listening mm. is like this occultist you know invitation to this mansion in the hamptons yeah yeah yeah. and you go there and you have to have you know an attire and a mask and it's like these fucking sex orgy uh ritual ceremonial right crazy things right and i always go back to bohemian grove because no one's ever heard of it yeah and i'm like okay take well, not take. There is a place called Bohemian Grove, which is like a 2,200 square acre uh, private uh, ranch, ranch kind of thing, yeah. in like the Redwoods, I think, yeah. that only an invited, in, not invited, invited select mm-hmm. group of people. Yeah. And it's the, the elite people of the world, your Bill Gates, your fucking Klaus Schwab's, your... your <clears throat> Barack Obama. Well, yeah, you have people, anyone of influence, and influence can be either uh, political influence, business and e-commerce, scientific, uh, media. Yeah. Like influence comes in a lot of different ways as uh, academic, right? Yeah. So anybody with prominent influence, influence. Uh, it goes there. May get invited to go there. Yeah. Then when you go there, it's like... They have a fucking giant statue of the Moloch god yeah. that they do simulations of of child sacrifice that they put children and burn them and give them to this owl god. Which I mean, even if it's simulation, if okay, that's a even big thing. If, if it's, it's simulation, simulation. I, I don't know, but Bill, yeah. if you asked me <laughs> next Monday or next fucking Saturday, yeah. if I wanted to go to this special barbecue, barbecue. Okay? And it's way out on in the woods. Want to smoke a doobie in the woods? Hundred acres, private. There's security guard. You yep. have to take a taxi. They'll yep. chauffeur you in. Weird. And then you get there and you see like a fucking what thirty or seventy foot moloch yeah. with a burning fire in its belly with a yeah. simulated child up yeah. there and a bunch of people in like druid costumes. Yeah, you're like I'm either being I would be hoaxed like, into the KKK. <laughs> 
or y'all a bunch of weirdos? <laughs> I don't know. It's just there's so many things that the the I call us berry pickers. Mm. Us berry. I shouldn't say that though because we're not actually the berry pickers. What What do you mean by that? Um. So you have kings. And then you work your way down, and then in oh, the okay. smallest part of the village, you have, hey, Johnny, yeah. go pick us berries, brother. Joe and he goes out with his basket, and all he does is fucking pick berries all yeah. day and brings them back. And then we yeah. eat them all, and we go, here, you can have this many. Yeah. Get up at It's four. actually not a bad analogy, yeah. <clears throat> because if we didn't pick the berries and we didn't get their food, those assholes at the top can't eat. Right. But it takes a group effort to be able to do that. Yeah. So my point is, is that when... Uh, Oh, fuck. What were we just talking about? Uh, it was the going to a barbecue in the woods. Oh, if yeah. I invited you. And then you show up and you're like, hmm. Yeah. What weird outfits you guys uh, got. Us, us berry pickers down here are never going to... I shouldn't say never. We're not allowed to find out what's really going on on so many things. You know? You can't... You and I can't go to Bohemian Grove to yeah. see what they're really doing. Yeah. We can't go to Davos to this World Economic Forum, you know, G22 summit meetings and yeah, see what yeah. they're really talking about and what documents are really being signed. Yeah, like why is Bill Gates at event 203? Exactly. Like, that, like yeah. we're not, we're forbidden from being able to go there. So forbidden that maybe my podcast isn't allowed to go on a fucking platform someday. Mm -hmm. We're not allowed to go uh, to Antarctica, right? Mm -hmm. You can do these excursions. On a paid a paid tour, yeah, yeah. But me and you cannot get in a boat and just go to Antarctica. Right. And if we tried, have you ever seen videos of people trying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going to be shot You're dead real fucking some, quick. Uh, some issues. That's right. <laughs> and so it's like, oh well, <clears throat> you know, all this conspiracy theory yeah, shit yeah. with the ice wall and all this stuff. Sure, can I say that that's true? No, because I'm not allowed to go. Right, right. But you also can't say that it's not true because you're not allowed to go either. Right. Not you, but the, yeah, the people you, against yeah, yeah. me, right? <clears throat> Why? Why is the, the money that I go to work and you go to work for in our, that we pay in taxes going to money to fund Ukraine to go to war against Russia? But when I look down at the Antarctic Peace Treaty that was signed in 1958, those motherfuckers are homies. Yeah, yeah. They're not at war. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for like, sure. There's all these weird things that... Yeah. How can you have a peace treaty and be at war at the same time? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that oh, weird yeah. or is that just me? Oh, yeah. That's weird. I mean, it's even... You can even have a shorter scope, which is Ukraine was uh, looked at very negatively when Trump was in there. Uh, you know, he was a part of the quid pro quo phone call, which oddly was just to get an investigation into Biden and his family and their involvement with Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> and then now they are angels. Dude, best so ever. We were <laughs> the best ever. <laughs> the, we love them. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. If you don't have a Ukraine flag on your car, you're a piece of shit American. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's like, what? For sure. What? You guys even know? Have and you ever met a Ukrainian? And that's, and that's kind of the crazy thing. Is I, I look at that whole war thing kind of similar to like... Uh, the Iraq war and Afghanistan and stuff like that, where people are dying. Like it's yeah. legit. Like we have a close training partner and friend, um, Nikita that, you know, he's, I think he was either born in Ukraine, but then grew up in Russia. He's like one of those hybrids, you yeah. know, <clears throat> he's got family on both sides and he, his sister had to be evacuated and oh, fuck. all that kind of craziness. So it's like, there's 
legit like some craziness going on and then like uh physically but it's against the berry pickers yeah they're they're the ones out there fighting you know my friend aurelius fought in afghanistan and all that kind of stuff and like don't even know why we're out there yeah you know with weapons of mass destruction and all that yeah. kind of stuff don't even fucking exist yeah you know <laughs> it's like oh you know, man. keep those files under wrap for another 55 years right you know that kind of stuff is yeah so i like i am very like i'll entertain anything i will watch whatever read whatever and like listen to someone i don't necessarily get married to to anything until it's like you know in my, in my opinion fairly evident yeah but i will like like the nasa thing i wasn't super uh mm, i don't say trusting but i didn't really like go down the the road of like it was created and like developed and there was a nazi like there was the number one draft pick and like <laughs> to the team and like disney was involved and i was like this just sounds so out there yeah and then more things you you find and and to be true, and you're like, okay, that one I'll chalk that one up as that's crazy and came true. Yeah, uh, you know, like I I just I literally just this morning it was kind of funny. Uh, <clears throat> I guess Disney would do cru- cruises and like one of there were certain cruises that they would do, um, and one of the stops was to St James Island. Mm-hmm. Disney cruises were stopping at St. James Island. Yeah. Not it, not every big cruise ship, but there were certain ones right. that would. That, that were, uh, you know, Disney cruises are, obviously, you're going to have a lot of children and stuff like that. Now, some people might wonder, like, what's so big about St. James Island? Well, the other name <laughs> for St. James Island is Epstein Island. Epstein Island. <laughs> Paddle Island. That's literally, like, the island he owns and yeah. and. As a lot of people have heard that name, Epstein, and all that kind of stuff. Huh? I think yeah. that's where... I'll, I'll show it to you. I think that's where Pinocchio and all the bad boys go. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure, right? They, they, His dad's name's Geppetto. Okay? Yeah, the Pinocchio. It's written by Disney. If he's a, a, a real bad boy, right. then he gets sent to... What island is that? Fucking Pleasure Island? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets sent to Pleasure Island where everyone's drunk and they put yeah. him in a cage and they traffic him. Yeah, I think Jim Brewer and, uh-huh. and where they were talking about, they replayed that part where they're in the bar of Pinocchio. Yeah. And, and they're like, we're going to do bad things. We're we're not going to kill him. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, I, I forgot they're, how they're the whole thing goes. being fucking weird. Yeah. And we're watching that. A bit freaky. <clears throat> it's, it's and then the, the paintings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah there's... So I'll, I'll entertain anything and, like, listen to someone talk about, it. like, you were just, before we went went back on, you were talking about whether it was Flat Earth and yeah. uh, Antarctica and Adrenochrome and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I'll entertain anything. <clears throat> like, I'll, I'll listen. I, I don't necessarily buy in, like, but I also don't think there's been too many things. And 9-11 was a big one for me. Uh, that was probably the first thing that I was, like, kind of made me go, hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... A while ago, and then uh, JFK. It's kind of the normal progression, yeah, I yeah. guess. It's like that's your entry yep. uh, into stuff. And I never told Olivia or anything. Like, I never brought it up, but I would always have, like, a little, hmm, uh-huh. you know? It, and it wasn't until, like, more and more stuff started coming. And actually, the Edward Snowden thing was probably the biggest thing that turned 
raised an eyebrow for people I know. Um, we have a family member that uh, works in the defense department and uh, is a senior security admin. And they, before, uh, when there was rumors about the snow and stuff and like WikiLeaks and all that kind of thing, the government doesn't have enough, like the amount of data that you would have, if you're going to pay, like if you're going to record every search, every web browse, <laughs> every message, all the amount of data that that would take to compile and hold in a server and then analyze is so incredible. It's, it's like trying to think about the word in, or the number infinity. Mm -hmm. You can't even comprehend it. Like yep. you start thinking and you're like, I don't know. I, my brain's done. I, I can't do it. Yeah. Similar to the amount of data that is. And he, he he's one of the smartest people I know. And he's a, a literally a security system admin, right? Like yeah, he's developed stuff for department of defense to like help our bases, like not get hacked by China. Yeah. Smart guy. He said, it's just no way. It's just it, it, the amount of server space alone, just on that entry level is yeah. so incredible and then snowden came out whistle blew said here's the receipts yeah they've been doing it and it blew his mind and he was like holy smokes there it's possible it's possible not only possible it's been doing it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and that was like a big eyebrow raiser i i I think even for Olivia at the time. Now Olivia's not anywhere near down the rabbit hole like I am, uh, just to protect her there. Okay. Uh, we all we all it starts with a yeah. seed, right? Oh, it's in the, which is typically drill. JFK, Snowden, and nine eleven. Yep. But um, well, COVID is a big one for people now too. Yeah, and I would actually that's a good point. I would say depending on when you started being enlightened or or this stuff just happened to make it into your world that is what's going to be the big eyebrow raiser. And yeah, I, you're probably right. Is now COVID is going to be the new Snowden right. or the new 9-11 or, you know, even the JFK stuff is getting brought up again. Right. Um, and that's years and years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, but I'm, yeah, COVID's, COVID's definitely a, a, a big one um, that, and really I think because just the time that we're in with the communication of the internet and, and stuff like that, that, um, and, and then the fortunate side of Elon Musk buying Twitter, mm -hmm. um, whether, you know, I'm kind of out, I'm not out. I, I, I'm in, I don't know what to think about Elon. Ow. Um, I, I'm not married to either very, side. Very interesting. Yeah. Man. It's kind of like Trump to me yeah. where I'm like, I think there's good. He's doing some good things. I also think there's some negative and is he a psyop? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I and I think the same with Trump. Yeah. So I, I, I we just got to yeah. take everything yes. and just fucking yeah. <clears throat> sift it the best yeah. you can. Yeah, and, and the focus on ourselves, right? The, exactly. The best thing you can do is it, out of all the bullshit. You know, honestly, in my opinion, is just you focus on your own close knit community. Yeah, and you're gonna be okay if you do that. I think so. Don't try to re like, don't try to rely on it, it, it's it's like church community church, and down the line government, <laughs> you know church community family like those things are your network. Those are your support system, mm -hmm. um, and then I mean I don't even really consider government like I didn't. I have a 
business and I, I didn't take any of the COVID things and and we could have we probably could have made a bunch of money if we did that actually we, we would have had a lot of money that we just pocketed and yeah but i i just i just was not comfortable with it one it kind of felt like icky like yeah. one it's bullshit that i mean even, this is even an option two i was also like at some point they're gonna try to get it back yep yeah, <laughs> i just didn't a, believe bait of yeah some yeah sort. i didn't believe that they were like you just Take this money. Yeah, yeah, right. Take it. It's free. Yeah. It's free money, guys. Bitch, nothing's free. Yeah, no. No. And so, and like, yeah. Stuff, well, their shots are free. Yeah. Well, currency wise. Yeah. They, Even then, though, it's like people think they're free, but yeah, it's well, like, someone had to pay. Yeah. Look at how much Pfizer made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then who paid them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. My asshole paid them. Yep. yep. Yeah. The, tax money and all that kind of stuff so yeah we all we all did that yeah actually. exactly you're to welcome. be honest we all did that y- yeah um so y- y- yeah that that was so anyways i i'm down to like entertain a little bit of anything okay you know what roger I mean? that yeah even like i'm sure some of my friends will listen to this and be like really <laughs> it's like so Flat Earth. That's a very that's that uh, one is so taboo, dude. You, yeah, you I, more you than anything, have, I think. Why? It's like, who cares? Here's a, I was just yeah. telling Greg this yesterday, not about Flat Earth, but just about the things that I'm presenting in my podcast. Yeah, right? Yeah. I said, listen, if I say what I say, and, yeah. and people think whatever they think. Some people think that I'm spot on. Yeah. Some people think that I'm literally like in a psychotic fucking. Yeah. Breakdown. If what I say is bullshit, mm-hmm. it holds no weight. And and people will find that out immediately. Yeah. And who fucking cares? If yeah. people homeless people are screaming at the end of my road or like the end of the corner yelling bullshit all the time. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? You're just not aggressive about it. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is if I'm right, yeah, then we have some serious like sorting out to do. Yeah. That's the only difference. So, because I have friends and family, too, who think that I'm crazy. Sure. And some also that they don't think I'm crazy. They think I'm right, but they can't believe that I actually go on to a public podcast yeah. and yeah. announce it. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's like, okay, but if I look at it like this, say it was, I don't know, a bad guy who was targeting people, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and it's like, we all know where the bad guys at and good guys come but no everyone's scared that the bad guy will shoot them if they tell mm. so all everyone in the building literally doesn't point him out yeah and he fucking blows everyone away right 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 at some point if there's a problem no matter how big or scary or risky the problem is mm-hmm. it needs to be addressed mm-hmm. because if if it's like a a wound that gets infected, you know, it gets worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't fucking heal itself. Yeah, it gets worse and gets to the point where maybe if if the plan, the conspiracy plan yeah. of whatever the Great Reset or New World Order, sure. or whatever you want to call it, is true, they talk about mass genocide, yeah, yeah. mass human depopulation. Yeah. If that's true, well, you just we saw should, some. Of I that. should say, hey guys, they want to kill us all. Yeah. We should do something about it. And at the end of the day, if what I'm saying is bullshit, yeah. And who cares, man? Yeah. Live your life. Yeah. Then a, then 
You don't. You don't got to worry about a you bunch of old people it. getting put no, into and, a and home say, and, and kill each that other. You're crazy, man. Yeah. You fucking scare the shit out of all of us. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't want to scare the shit out of you guys. I want us to be like, hey, if you we don't need to be scared because yeah. we're all in this together. Yeah. There's not. Even though they divide us, yeah, they're yeah. divide and rule. Oh, yeah. We're not all divided. We're just a bunch of brothers and sisters living as humans on this fucking earth, connected with nature. Not different than nature. Yeah. We, we are nature, just like every other thing. Yeah. But once we realize that, like Avatar, yeah, yeah. Right, and we work together, then they don't hold any power. Yeah. So that's going to lead us into the next topic. Mm, okay. Because, in my opinion, jiu-jitsu has helped me with that in my life tremendously. Mm-hmm. With gaining more strength, courage, and bravery, building confidence, uh, progressing in my in like my my real life mm. or whatever. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but my dad killed himself when I was young, mm. and then my stepmom died four years later. Mm. So I was fifteen, and my brothers were like eleven and ten, I think. Mm. And so then I got addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. I crashed. I always like rode motocross. I crashed my dirt bike really bad, which is how I fucked my ankle up. Oh, okay. Going back to the BPC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave me, I was at Harborview for, I had like a seven and a half hour reconstructive surgery. And when I get home, like I don't even remember four months of my life because of how much morphine they were giving me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I was taking X amount per pharmacy dude for like eight months. Yeah. And then they're like, I remember calling for a refill and they were like, oh, you're done. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, no more. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't even remember, but very soon, all of a sudden I started getting really sick. Yeah, yeah. And I realized, well, I don't. Dope sick. Yeah, but I didn't even know that it was that at the time. Yeah, yeah. I met friends, found fucking... I don't know, probably some Percocets or Vicodin or yeah. something. It started me on this journey mm-hmm. of the narcotics, but not from the doctor. Yeah, yeah. It ended all the way up to heroin. Mm-hmm. All the way. I never fucking injected it, but I was smoking it. Mm-hmm. It didn't last very long, but only a couple of weeks because I just am not meant to be a drug addict. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I ended up, you guys haven't listened to this story on uh-uh. Okay, no. I'll just go, I'll re- refresh sure. you up for this. This is one of the most stupidest fucking things I've ever done in my life. And is I, I had a question actually. What I was going to ask you at some point is what's an embarrassing story? So uh, this is one. Nah, Maybe you'll hit another one later. There, uh, since people have heard this one. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. I have two pretty fucking embarrassing stories. Go, go. And this is one of them. However, this is an embarrassing story that is also one of the greatest blessings that ever mm-hmm. happened to me. Of course. The next one, not so much of a great blessing, <laughs> but. This one in particular. So I had this great idea. I had a Toyota 4Runner, 1988, and I had a blown head gasket. And at the time, this was like 2007 or 2008 about. It was really big in Linwood, Edmonds area for people to be smoking Oxycontin. Uh-huh. And, and that's like the only thing you could come across. No one had Vicodin yeah, or Percocets yeah, yeah. anymore. You could buy fucking Oxycontin. Yeah. But Oxycontin was going for so expensive. Mm. It was like a dollar a milligram or something. Mm-hmm. It was like 80 milligram. Have, have you seen that show, Dope Sick? That uh-uh. movie? Uh-uh. 
got to check it out. It's okay. called Dope Sick, right? With Michael Keaton on, on uh, Hulu. Okay. It's a great look at how the Oxycontin thing got going. Dude, it's started. fucked. Dude, it yeah. fucked my life up so bad. It, it's, a, it's a great <clears throat> show or movie. Okay, I'll have to check it yeah. out. So... So that's, it's expensive, and that's the only thing you can really get in that area. Yeah, and yeah. so it was like, I remember there were like 80 milligrams, mm-hmm. and so it was like 80 bucks. And I thought, okay, this guy would sell me, I think, 10 of them for $500. Mm. So if I sold a few, right? if I did this three times, I could get myself a new car. Mm. That's, so in my drug-phased <laughs> mind, I was still like, I'm doing this to get a new car, right? Yeah. Not to like. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good, dude. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is I I was still on crutches mm. from my my. Yeah. I had a cast on. I set up this fucking drug deal. I go down on crutches down to. You probably know where this is at. You know where James Village is. There's Albertsons and GI Joes on 196 yeah. and 99. Yep, yep. In that parking lot, yeah. right by Sherry's and stuff. Right yeah. by there. Okay, yeah. I'm on crutches. Oh yeah. And this car comes. I ran up. from the cops there once. <laughs> All right. So we go to do this deal, uh-huh. and I give them the money, and they go peace. They get this fucking take off. <laughs> well, here I am on you crutches. Crippled ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Okay. Good play. I deserve yeah. that one. <laughs> so I had like a flip phone. Like a yeah, you know, like a little flip phone yeah. sprint or something. And I took a picture of the license plate. Hey, you're quick with it. I called nine one one. Smart. I said, hey, <laughs> these guys just robbed me. Five hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm going down to fucking go grocery shopping. I'm hurt, disabled guy oh. on my crutches. Here's the license plate. Go yeah. get them. Okay. <laughs> so like, <laughs> dude, this is the thing, right? Yeah. It's like I'm living with my parents at the time. I think I'm like eighteen, nineteen. 18 or 19. Yeah. And uh, it was a Friday. Yeah. And all it was late. I remember it being dark. Uh-huh. There was a knock at the door. Two undercover detectives show up. Sure. They're here to talk to me. Yeah. My parents are like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's here. And uh, they fucking bring him inside, and they're like, okay, this guy is going to jail <laughs> <laughs> for false reporting to a police officer. Whoops. We've spent a week doing undercover work on <laughs> someone robbing a disabled guy going grocery shopping when in reality it was a drug deal gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent the Linwood police officer like a lot of funding. To, yeah. Yeah. And, right. And they were mad. Oh yeah. And so, um, so they go in my room and I had like, I didn't, they didn't find any Oxycontin, but they did find like, uh, a fucking tutor, so a little like pen to smoke, smoke the oh, fucking sure. shit off of. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird because like, l- like just thinking that like grosses me out. It gives me like yeah, yeah. feeling. Yeah. But this is the thing. This is where like it was a real blessing, uh-huh. <laughs> which is mind blowing. Oh but, yeah. Hey, whatever. It was my life. So I go to jail. Okay. I'm so fucking naive and dumb <laughs> that like I'm in jail. It's been like two days. Okay? Did you go to that Lin- the Linwood, Linwood. jail, yep. the, like the barracks yep. style? A little like octagon type yep, thing. Yep. Yep. I spent some time in there. Yep. So yeah. I'm on the top bunk. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, dudes are playing cards. Yeah, and yeah, Some yeah. dudes are dope sick. And, yep. and there's like, I think like 20 people or something like that in there. Or yep. something. Yeah. And I hear someone talking about Linwood jail. And I go, well, where the fuck is Linwood jail? 
And they're like, you're in it, dumbass. <laughs> and I go, I am? You think and it was like, like a holding cell or something, right? I have no idea. Yeah. They were talking about it. And then they're like, you didn't notice like on the back of our jumpsuit it says, you know, Linwood Jail? I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Just totally. Right. Naive, you right? have to take a shit in front of everybody. But then it was weird because <laughs> chill, in there I had the realization. It was two days in and I, I wanted out, dude. Yeah. Like, what do you mean I can't go out the fucking door? Yeah. Like, I need to go outside. And that's 6 a.m. shit breakfast. The pancakes. Ugh. I'm trading my fucking pancakes for some grape juice to the black guy next to me. Yeah. He's like, Racist. wants all his, all my syrup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was true. That yeah. really did no, happen. I, 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 trust me, I, I know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I called, so there's the payphone in there. Uh-huh. I started calling all of my friends, and no one will answer. Except for one of my friends answered. Uh-huh. And he's like, dude, your parents called all of us and was like, if Tyler calls, you don't bail him out. Oh. So we can't. Sorry, bro. And click. Dang. It's like, oh, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I had my green card. Before, before then, marijuana wasn't legal here in Washington mm. State. I had my green card at the time. I told the cop. I asked him if I could smoke weed. Because I had a green card because of my ankle. Yeah. And he was like, he had the little shutter thing. He goes, I can get you some Tylenol. Slammed the fucking shutter. <laughs> yeah. And it was like at that point in time, I had like this realization of like, I can't be in here. I can never yeah. come back here. Yeah. I'm not. It's a thing that they say jail is supposed to do. Yeah. What, for me, it was that that was the first time in my life where I realized what freedom was. Mm-hmm. Like, the ability to move and talk and, like, I just was like, fuck it. So, long story short, I ended up pleading with the judge to get help. I just wanted to get help. Yeah. I went to detox. They give you, like, time served, basically. Yeah, I went to California, and I knew, like, all I need to do is somehow get sober Mm -hmm. where I'm not sick. As soon as I'm sober and I'm not sick, like... This life is not for me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've never looked back. Yeah. And it was a long process. And I relapsed, I think, like three or four times. Mm-hmm. And I would feel so fucking guilty. Yeah. So guilty. I would be like, dude, you stupid that's motherfucker. That's where that's, yeah, that self-talk comes Oh, my in. God. Yeah. I would be so down on myself sitting there in the car. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. And But the thing is, is I would gain the courage. Like, okay, I'm not going to fucking do it again. And right. I'd fail. And yeah. But... It's been 15 years, mm-hmm. and I have zero interest. My life is completely different. Yeah. But after that, I ended up just, uh, I just would smoke weed. Mm-hmm. I would smoke weed and play video games, and that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. All the way up to the point where, like, I was telling you before we started the podcast, my wife was going to leave me mm-hmm. because of it. Like, I had zero ambition. Yeah. I didn't, kind of like the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. she would tell me how... I'm very talented and I have skills that need to be applied and valued by Mm -hmm. people such as metalworking and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I tell her that like the job that I was at, like, that's it, you know, like there's no moving up. This is it. And she used to just drive her insane, which right is it should. Yeah. 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 And uh, a lot of people, it doesn't like, they just kind of accept, accept. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was at. And then she ended up, not a, we were gonna get a divorce. Mm-hmm. We were still together, but like for three or four months, we 
we didn't sleep together. We didn't. Yeah. We just corresponded with the kids. And Did you guys have kids together? Yeah. Mm. So we had, I had a child who was one, two. She had a, I had a son who was two. She had a son who was three mm. when we met. Mm-hmm. And then we have a daughter together. Okay. And, um, yeah, it, it just, she didn't want to be with me. Yeah. And it took me to like, I don't know how to explain it, but it it took me to the point where I had to do something, mm. right? Because without her, I couldn't pay the bills. Mm. I couldn't pay the bills. Yeah, and that started me on this fucking journey of doing other things. And then what, one, what games were you playing? Or um, I was playing Ark. You ever heard of Ark? I've heard of it. I don't think I would play. It's a console game. Yeah, it's on the computer. Or oh, console. it's a computer. It's well, both. Oh, okay. I think it's like linked to oh, okay. all of them, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. a live server. Mm-hmm. And I would play with my buddy, and it's like a survival game. Mm-hmm. And so we'd be naked, and then you'd have to fucking start chopping down trees and getting wood okay, and yeah. like living. And then yeah. you could tame these animals and build. It's an RPG. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'd go to work, and I'd come back home, and someone had broken into my fucking house and yeah. took all my shit. And I was like, dude. So I'd stay up later. I'd stay up till three in the morning building fortresses so that people couldn't steal my shit while I was at work. And it'd be good for like a week. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they'd, the, the biggest tribe on the server would come and maul it over. And I'd be like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. I would literally think like, I will quit my job in order to fucking, my wife's going to leave. My kids are going to leave and I'm going to quit my job. Oh yeah. But the tribe will never break into my house again. And I realized like looking back, I'm just so fucking dumb because now if I would have put all of that effort Uh, and attention into my real life all during that time, I would be even further than I am now. Yeah. I didn't even understand this until I started jujitsu. Jujitsu is Which was when? Um, two thousand nine eighteen. Okay. Yeah, two thousand eighteen. I think it was. It's like five years. It's like five. Okay. Yeah. Five wow. and a half, somewhere in there. Five, five and a half. That's wild. Why? Oh, just it's, it's it's cool because it's still kind of recent. Oh yeah. It's still like uh, I think about it all the time. Yeah. Because the kids will be playing like a video game mm. and I'll turn the TV off. Whereas before I would sit down and play with them. Mm. Do you ever get the urge to play? Um, so, <sighs> yes and no. Okay. Mm. Part of it is I have my, I don't live where I used to, I don't have internet at my house. Mm. I have it, but it doesn't fucking work very good. It's yeah. satellite. Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. in the woods. It's like 56K dial up. Yeah. It's yeah. terrible. And so, you can't really. Mm. So that's a big thing. Yeah. Like if you just literally can't do something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot different than it being in your face every time yeah. you walk by. Right. Yeah. So there is times. Yes. But, but also with jujitsu, with the podcast, with me living like on a farm mm. and then also the type of people that I hang out with, they're always telling me like, fucking read a book or something right, right. even though i don't I, yeah. d- I mean i do i do but i don't every single time right yeah, yeah there's times where i'll be watching a youtube video and it would be fun to just like mm. fucking play a video game yeah 
But I don't know. Yes, yes and no. It's yeah. gotten way easier. So how, how did jiu-jitsu, what was that, like, enlightenment that you found within jiu-jitsu? So there was two, there was two things. There was, when I came to jiu-jitsu, so I was always into UFC. Uh-huh. I grew up skateboarding, sure. fucking street fighting, and being boys. Uh-huh. I loved pride. Yeah, and I loved pride UFC. never dies, son. Okay? But none Who, of my Who's your friends, favorite pride guy? Um, to be honest, I liked Vanderlei for a while. Of course. I mean, you got And it. then I actually liked Crow Cop when I was like yeah. 15 because I thought it was so, I used to watch this fucking slow-mo video of him kicking this dude in the uh, neck, right? Uh-huh. I think it's Fedor's, Fedor Emelianenko's brother, Alexander. Alexander, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's when Crow Cop and him. And it, yeah. it used to be this like, you know, five second slow-mo video yeah. on YouTube that I could get to load. And it'd be like this kick, and you'd watch his whole head like be like Gumby, like his neck would be here, right bent in half. Oh yeah. And I used to just think like, "Fuck, this is crazy." Yeah. And then, that was even before I knew what jujitsu was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I watched UFC one mm. that I found out what I was watching in Pride, like when they're on the ground oh, and stuff. What the grappling part was. Right. I mean, I knew what it was because I would watch it, but I didn't know the name. It would be like yeah. watching people strike, but you've never heard of boxing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So now I know what jujitsu is. Mm. Now I can cross-reference. I can see yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Uh, when I came here, I was... This is your first gym? Yes. Okay. Yep. And it started by Vanessa putting the kids in here. Because the boys are, like, fighting all the time. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, I came across the jiu-jitsu gym in Lake Stevens. I'm signing the kids up. And I was like, I didn't even know jiu-jitsu existed around here. I thought you had to go to Brazil for that. Right. And she's <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like, no, it's, like, over here. Yeah. I don't know who Greg is. a cornbread white boy right yep. over there that's. Teaching <laughs> jiu-jitsu. Okay. Yeah. Let's see how it is. We signed the kids up. And, uh. It was like the second day or first day. Mm-hmm. There used to be a brown belt. Well, he's black belt now, but his name is Joe, and he was teaching the kids. And he's Were like, you all beefy at this time? No, like you're in no, shape? No. Okay. Nope. I'm drinking beer every day. Okay. Eating fucking whatever the hell I want. Smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Just sitting on the couch Being playing video good games. Good American. Yep. Doing the fuck, living the American yeah, dream. Plugged in. Yep, plugged in. And, uh... But in my head, like, I'm still a fucking gangster. For sure. In my head, I'm still, you Bro, can never. you got never. 30 seconds in you yeah. that if you turn red, yeah. you see red, yeah, it's dude. a wrap. You'll never make it through that 30 <laughs> seconds, right? <laughs> Some you. unreasonable fucking thoughts. <laughs> and he says, hey, man, uh, you ever thought about doing this? I was just sitting, you yeah. know, watching the kids, and I was like, I mean, or he goes, hey, yeah, maybe it was that. You ever thought about doing this? I'll, I mean, yeah, but I'm way too old. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, how old are you? And I was like, I think I was 28. Mm-hmm. And he's like, or 29, 28, 29. He's like, that's not too old, dude. I'm older than you. <laughs> yeah. He was like 38 or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that, right? He's like, if you want to try it, like, come next time and just bring, like, a shitty shirt uh-huh. if you don't have a gi because it's probably going to get stretched yeah. out and a pair of sweatpants or, like, some uh, basketball shorts that have a drawstring on them. Yeah. Okay. So I did. And I remember you haven't heard this story either. No? Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, into it, fuck, too. Dude. This is, you're going to love this. Good. Okay? So uh, 
Vanessa's there. Mm. And in my mind, I think out. I even told her, like, I'm going to fuck this guy up. Yeah. The the black belt? Yeah. He's brown belt at the time. He's sure. black now, but yeah. brown at the time. Same, same. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck what color your belt was. Yeah, You're going against me. You're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't even know what the colored belts are. You no, know, so. I have no idea. Right. It's another man. Yeah, exactly. And he has never experienced what I'm going to bring him, bro. <laughs> and uh, we went and that's just not how it fucking, didn't, that's simply not true. Didn't he, work out. No, it didn't work out. He fucking fucked me up, dude. Yeah. In front of my wife. And I, that was the first time in my life I ever felt so humiliated around a girl. Uh-huh. Okay, not even in high school or yeah, like yeah. around a girl and it was my wife. You never broke wind in front of a girl in an accident? Well, yeah, but it wasn't humiliating like this. This oh, was something That's a like, different level. That was a different level because subconsciously, wow. subconsciously, this is what my thoughts. It yeah. went dark, dude. The whole way home, I <laughs> I legitimately thought that Vanessa was going to fucking divorce me. Yeah. Because subconsciously marry that guy. Subconsciously, she just watched me lose. Right. And that means that that man could have took her and the kids and did whatever the fuck. How could she ever respect me or right. trust me? To protect her. Because even if we go out to the bar, okay? Yeah. In her mind, it doesn't matter a different person. Yeah. Okay? When I say, don't worry, babe, I got you. Yeah. No one can ever hurt you. She She's going to be like, said, does he know jujitsu? She's going to be like, that's simply not true. I watched the guy just fucking maul you. <laughs> yeah. Right. I can't yeah. trust you. And yeah. so it was like a, it was like a, I have to do this. Yeah. Okay? So that got me to sign up. Mm. Then when I signed up, there was a, uh, the Heath family here, which uh-huh. was a family of, it was like three sisters, a brother, a mom and a dad. The, they're like, you're all American family. Mm-hmm. And I roll with Ariel. No, first I roll with the dad before Ariel. So the dad is like uh, early 50s, normal, in my head, just like a grandpa. Yeah. Not like old and crusty grandpa, but yeah. he's a grandpa. Yeah, like he the guy I do the podcast with, he's in his 50s. He's like crusty grandpa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to throw a shot. So I, he asked me to roll. This is the first roll. Yeah. Okay. Other than the the time, the day before, or whatever it was, with the coach. Yeah. This is the first roll in the practice. Uh. And he goes, hey, you want to roll? And I go, yeah, or sure. Mm. And I remember thinking, like, dude, I don't want to roll with this old grandpa. Like, yeah. I don't want to hurt him. Right. I don't want to break his hip. Yeah. I don't want to. But, okay, you know, he asked me, and he mm. had a blue belt on. Mm. And I was like, okay. And we slap and bump. And I'll never forget, dude, the way he reached out and grabbed my fucking lapel uh-huh. and snapped me down and grabbed another lapel. He choked me out. Cross <laughs> collar standing up. <clears throat> oh, God. I remember just like deer in the headlights. Yeah. yeah. Going, what the fuck, dude? That grandpa is not fucking around. <laughs> yeah. That guy is serious. This grandpa's going to steal your girl. Yes, he is. <laughs> and then the next round, I went with his daughter, who's 21 year old girl. It was also a blue belt. Yeah. And she fucking armbarred me like four times, <laughs> bow and arrowed me. And I remember thinking like, dude, that little girl. I kept in my mind in a real fight, I'd, I would fuck her up. Not that I would actually ever hurt her. I wouldn't actually ever hurt her. Yeah. But my pride and ego was. If I could was, punch. Tr- yeah, if I could punch. And I brought it up to her one day. Good call. And she says, Tyler, <laughs> if we can punch, I can put you in all these positions and punch you too. Yeah. <laughs> 
I can upkick your face off. (laughs) She's like, yeah, the thing is, is that anything you can do, I can do too, but I have all these other skills. Yeah. So if you try and punch me, I get to do jujitsu and punch you. Yeah. But you don't have jujitsu, so you're not getting out. Yeah. And I was like fucking mind blown the fact that this grandpa fucked me up this guy fucked me up in front of my wife and then his daughter fucked me up i couldn't believe it like our 10 year olds over there if you want to go with them right so then i started coming okay i saw i was like in okay you're sold i'm sold but immediately i realized how out of shape i am Mm. and that i have to quit smoking cigarettes now i chew so i didn't do the right thing Mm. However, I am way better at rolling, or I shouldn't say better at rolling. Mm. I can roll much longer yeah. chewing than smoking cigarettes, okay? Mm. Yeah. The next thing was uh, the commitment. Mm. Never in my life had I committed to, like, something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I've never actually set a... A like legit goal of I mean yeah. other than like taking out the garbage right or I'm gonna I'm gonna go and go to college for this or something yeah, yeah, even yeah. though that I didn't do that either yeah. I just never had a commitment yeah and so then it was weird or or a schedule of something outside of work like at work is okay you gotta be there at this and you get off yeah. of this the but, most lowest level commitment in life you know what? I'm going to make it to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that was, that was it. That was it. Yeah. And that, that was as far as I went. Yeah. And so then with jujitsu, it, in my opinion, it forced me because of the three experiences I had. Yeah. That if I want that not to happen, yeah. if I want the superpowers that they have, they say the answer is to come to the gym and train. So that means that I have to go to the gym and train. Have you started listening to like all the normal sphere of motivational jujitsu people like Jocko and all that stuff? At this point? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's, or I'm just getting into it. Joe Rogan. One one of the two. Yeah. And then that's helping me, right? Mm -hmm. And then also I'm realizing that now that three nights a week, I'm not at home. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm coming home from work, showering and leaving. Mm-hmm. I'm not drinking like I used to. Yeah. When I come home, I want some like cold water, a shower, and I don't want shitty fucking cheeseburger from McDonald's. Yeah. I your want, friends are going to beat the shit out of you. That's it. <laughs> and I can also start to feel for the first time in my life the way it affects my body when I'm performing. Yeah. I can tell when I'm doing eating shitty or yep. drinking and trying to fight compared to if I'm Making the right nutritional choices. Yeah. You didn't have fast food for lunch. You had ground beef and like rice. an apple or whatever. Yeah, or chipotle yeah. even. Like right. you, Something that isn't yeah. just completely processed food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that started me on the trajectory, you know, like little, little uh, by little by little. Healthier lifestyle. And then I started making friends here. Mm. So that was another huge thing that I noticed is that I love all my friends dearly. And some of them have been my best friends since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. But we, I would say as a collective of friends, we started letting each other down by not continuing to push each other. 
and yeah. ha- making each other progress and succeed. And instead, we started helping each other be fucking losers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And I look back, and it's like, it, it was all of our fault. You're, you're like the average of who you hang out with. 100%. I think there's that saying that goes, what does it go? It says, if you hang out with six smokers, you'll be the the seventh. Yeah. If you hang out with five studs, you'll be the sixth. Yeah. I can tell your future by the people that you hang out with. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. You're always that average. Like you might have, let's say five friends and you got one guy that's pretty successful and doing all right and all that kind of stuff. But then on the other side of the spectrum, you got your deadbeat and then you got another deadbeat and another. So it's like that one good friend He's not going to be able to overpower you with motivation and just being a good community because you got, you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of shitheads. Yeah. And I was a shithead too. So I, I'm not saying that like other looking down on people, but you'll definitely be the average of who you hang out with. So once you start surrounding yourself with people of like jujitsu kind of brings healthy living, health and wellness in the forefront a lot of the time. Not that we're all doing it perfectly. No, but it's almost, it forces you. Yeah. Like, like I just said, it was like the... Yeah. These things of, Tyler, if you want to learn to be a warrior in the way that you are desiring to be a warrior, Mm -hmm. you have to do these things. Being a warrior and being a drunk are not like, those don't coincide together. You know, being a warrior and being gluttonous don't align very well. So you need to pick one. What one do you want? You want to be gluttonous and continue to play Ark and lose Vanessa and the kids and fucking make sure your your little hooch doesn't get taken over by... some 13-year-old kids in Oklahoma while you're at work? Yeah. Or do you want to be a fucking, the, the person that you know that you were supposed to be, mm. all the way back to sitting in jail when I knew that that wasn't the life for me, yeah, right? Yeah, It's almost like a similar moment. hmm And so I realized that I started making some friends here, and it was like, holy shit, dude, these people are, you mean we're not going out to get drunk yeah. on Friday night? No, we're going like, to go what get are we sushi, gonna- bro. We're going to go sit in the sauna and ice bath. Like, what <laughs> yeah, are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. What's an ice bath? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all these things. And then, then really just, like, jujitsu guys showing me a new lifestyle, I, say, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. And that a huge, a huge reason for my addiction, <clears throat> I can look back, it stemmed from a, a harsh childhood. And then the traumatic of the, the suicide and death mm. of my parents. Mm-hmm. And then the dirt bike traumatic accident that led to narcotics mm-hmm. that then turned into this, this thing, right? Yeah. And most people don't ever get out of it. Most people get stuck in it forever. Yeah. And we all hear about how many rehabs there are, how many different, you know, 12-step programs and AA meetings. There's a b- billion different ways to skin the cat. But for me personally, what I have found is that it's all about finding a new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's not just cutting out one thing. Well, what they, what they say in 12 step, I'm I'm not a 12 stepper. Mm -hmm. I think there's a place for it. Yeah. I think it does great things. Um, but you have to replace you can't just cut out. No. You have to replace. You got to try to replace something with something positive, you know, because like I, I was a drinker uh-huh. and I talked about that on Greg's podcast, but um, my dad was an alcoholic. He actually, he didn't <clears throat> kill himself, but he just dropped me off when I was 11 or 12 after Christmas. 
and never showed up again. <laughs> okay. See you later, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was a, he was an alcoholic. And uh, um, so I always had a thing in my head that was like, dude, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be like that. Yeah. I remember he put vodka in his orange juice in the morning. I didn't really understand what he was doing until later on. Right. Um, but my mom named me after him. I'm a junior. Okay. Hoping that naming me after him would get him to sober up. Yeah. Like, that's why he's William Sr. I'm William Jr. Uh, or Bill or whatever. And um, that didn't work. But... <laughs> um, so there's some similar scarring, I guess you could say, or mental whatever, like things that came with that, I think. Yeah. And so my thing was drinking and like, but I was a boredom drinker. Uh-huh. I don't go out and drink. I don't, uh, public drinking or <clears throat> I would go to a park and drink by myself and just think on stuff and like yeah. whatever, you know, it like, I would I would hide and drink, yeah, and um, which is kind of unusual, but it's just I, don't know, I, I get in my own head. Like my yeah. my mom is a a nomad. Okay, she grew up in Alaska, like essentially homesteading, and then like, uh, uh, like now she she lives in Cedro on property out there, and like she, she's sixty something years old, and we'll go up there. She's pressure washing the roof Puh. by herself, like. She lives alone, you know, <laughs> like she's, she's a wild lady and, yeah. and she's, she told us recently she's going to take an RV to her sister that is a, is a homesteader in I, Idaho, right? Yeah. Like lives in a f- town of 4,000 people and she has acreage and just, she's building her house by herself. Oh shit. Her sister is. So she's going to take an RV out there to help her build a house. And these two 60 year old ladies yeah. <laughs> are going to be building a house together. So I, I come from that to the point where like Olivia and I. She always has to say I love you when we get off the phone mm-hmm. or like when we separate yeah. away from each other. I leave the house or something like that. Yeah. I used to get like upset. She'd be like, hey, love you. And I'd be like, all right, see you later. Yep. <laughs> and then she got to the point where she was like, hey, idiot, <laughs> you love me or not? And I'm like, I, do I got to say it every freaking time? Yeah. She goes, you do. You do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> and it was like so hard for me. My my mom and I we didn't I didn't we didn't say I love you to each other till I was in my thirties. So, so there's this thing. Yeah, it's funny. I had the a same wall. exact conversation, but the roles were different. The, it was vice versa with my wife right now. So you always wanted every time because my dad left me when I was young, and I you never got to say was, I love you. Yeah, and so from the time I was fifteen. Anytime, whether it was a friend or anyone, if they would leave, I would have this like, uh, like a tri- like a anxiety tr- uh, tri- or trigger. Yeah, something. yeah. I have to say I love you, like no matter what. Yeah, and I would do it on like the phone or whatever. Yeah. Or she'd be like, "Hey, I'm going to the store," and she'd fucking get in the car and walk out and just leave. And I'd be like, and "You what had the an fuck? emptiness in you, like anger That's it. almost." And like, like, there's, the, I think I like because as a little kid. It's mm-hmm. like they're never coming back. Yeah. And you sit there with that pit. You know what? Her dad died when she was a when she was young. It's that. It's that. Because we know what it's like for someone who we deeply love yeah. to go away and never come home. And if you don't get the closure, yeah. like not that it's gonna make it, it fucking any better. Sure. Right. But at least But it's a coping mechanism a, that it, we're it's doing. A, yeah. And words have energy behind it mm-hmm. right there's a vibration to it 100 yeah. so 
I get that. Yeah. You got to say I love you to her. Yeah. It's important. No, I, no, now, now I, we have this thing every time I, I'm now the opposite. Okay. Like, huh? And like, I'll, when, when I drive away from the house, she's always, she sits in our window with uh, our dogs. Mm-hmm. And then we have to wave at each other and yeah. we do the little I love you signal. Our yeah. neighbors think we're freaks, yeah, weirdos, that, well, but whatever. We got a better marriage than them. I was just going to say, yeah. that's because their marriage is not yeah. like that. We've been together since 2005, so it's like we, we've been together a long time. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of different stages. Like I'm probably three people removed uh-huh, right? at that point because I was doing the gaming thing as well. And yeah. our marriage was taking a hit from it and substance abuse. And I'm only four years four years removed from my substance, which was alcohol. Yeah. Um, and uh, similar thing to you is like, she she caught me basically like hiding it from her. Okay. Because I always act like, I'm, I'm cool. I'm fine. I don't got no problem. My dad had had a problem. I don't got a problem. Yep. There's an ego thing there. Yeah. You know, because you don't want to have a problem. Yeah. Because you knew that asshole did whatever. And uh, so it was like hard to admit. And 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 then we decided to have to make a change. So we put in a time, a, a limit of like three months or something. Like, okay, I'm not going to drink for three months or so, something like that. I, oh, maybe yeah. Three weeks later, or a month or something like that. I was like, I just, I'm a grown man. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I could stop if I wanted to. Yeah. So I, I'm like. I'll just make her feel good. We'll be all right. Yep. But I'm just going to have a little. Yeah, of course. And I'd, I'd be driving home or something like that. I'd do whatever. And, uh, and then she, like, goes in the, I don't know why, she went in the trunk or something. That, I, I told this story, but she lines up all the alcohol bottles that I. So if you're only drinking a little bit, you probably wouldn't have, like, six bottles in your trunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right? you, you're dumb. You yeah. don't. You you have glasses on. Yeah. And uh, that it was that moment that it's a blessing. To Not at the time. It didn't seem like. No, right? no, 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 no. It seems like the world is about ready to just yeah well, fall from under your feet. In the amount of, I've never felt shame. Yeah. Like I did in the two instances when she brought it to my attention yeah i never uh like i had shame when i I dropped out of college like i went to college technical school right out of high school Mm -hmm. and my mom was really motivated by that and i dropped out like a month or two in and so that that sucked you know because i feel like a, a loser and stuff like that going to jail felt like a loser um a bunch of moments like that but nothing like this yeah this was like it hurt, like to talk about it right now. My my stomach's hurting. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, and and I I really don't talk about this stuff at all. I guess I'm just starting to get comfortable because I talked about it on Greg's and I'm talking about it now. But uh, the the shame that was there, and I didn't. But I had a moment where I was like, "That's it." And I, I think I actually had, I said that right away mm-hmm. when. <clears throat> she brings it to my attention. Almost like like you fucking caught me. Yeah. Like, Fuck it. Right? Arrest I'm me. done. Yeah. And I've been done ever since. And it's weird. I think it's a blessing, personally. More than me is uh, being able to 
like, yes, I, I have to be active with it and I had to replace that time and be cognizant of like, okay, I'm a boredom drinker. So long drives, downtime, remember the whole replace thing. I had to replace it with something. So either work more, jujitsu, time with Olivia. Cause in, there's a moment there where I was dividing our marriage. Like I was an asshole to her. Yeah. Like I was rude to people. I wasn't nice. You know, I, I'm kind of a goofy guy and I wasn't as goofy anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And s- some people notice that. Yeah. You know, not, not just her, but like other, other people. Yeah. Well, it fucking, it changes you. Right. And, the, and, and they don't say Man. it's not called spirits for no reason. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, dude, there's no kidding. There's spirits in there. They, there's something in there because. Yeah. Uh, and I personally don't at this point, like I'm not, I don't care if someone drinks. Right. But my own internal thoughts is there's not really anything positive that comes out of it. No, there isn't. I, I, I understand the social lubricant that like someone like Joe Rogan will bring about is like, it can be so good to like, yeah, he's a go. But that's kind of bullshit in my mind. Like mm-hmm. the, I, I, I don't, Yes, if you can control it, great, and that's fine. But why even play with the devil? Yeah. Why even tempt the <laughs> devil in? And whether you want to think that's like a real spiritual devil or if y- y- just bad juju. Yeah. You know, whatever. Like, There's not really anything good. Same with like being out at 3 a.m. Yeah. Like, there's just nothing good that's really going to happen in, in those scenarios. So why even allow it in? It's, you know? It's true. And and for me, I don't know why, but it was jujitsu that like taught me all of this. Yeah. And it, like I said, it's a conglomerate of it brought discipline into your life and the people. Yeah. Right. The other yeah, people the who are talking this type of shit, yeah. whereas the other people are talking the opposite of that. Right. And like, just, bro, just do it. Like, what? What are you weak? Like, come on. <laughs> and I noticed that certain people would try and like tear me down the more that I would be proud of myself. Or that's an odd um, one. It is. That's an odd one when people that quote-unquote were friends and had your back and you spent a lot of time with as soon as you start doing something different that is undeniably positive yeah but just different you start it's like middle school and you get they're making fun of you or like Mm -hmm. throwing little jabs at you it's a very weird thing it is very weird very weird but now one of my I wouldn't say I'm squared away. I still mm-hmm. got all my fucking problems. Yeah. But I'm way better off, okay? I have a great marriage. Mm-hmm. I built my own home. I have a farm. I am now a member of this yeah. awesome fucking community. Yep. I teach the kids here. I'm mm-hmm. a member of uh, all the kids in the community know me as Coach Tyler, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a fucking story to tell you before I forget. <laughs> I thought about it here. Okay. And then I was like, I have to say this on my podcast to him. And I forgot about it all the way up until just a second. Hit ago. me with it, bro. Okay, so it goes with the kids. Now, I'm not going to name kids because yeah, yeah. we're not going to name kids. But here is a prime example of how jujitsu, how powerful jujitsu is mm. on a child. So we have a child who's probably, I don't know, between 10 and 12. He came in, and he was a little awkward, you know, just had to move his body correctly. Needed some. He's just uncoordinated. Yeah, just needed some some guidance, okay? And he's been here for, I don't know, year, year and a half. Yeah. Well, 
I want to say like a month or two ago, I've been watching him, and he's starting to pick up jujitsu. Mm. Okay, so it's been this long period of like nothing. Yeah. Right? Nothing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, about a month or two ago, I've been watching him, and he, something clicked. Yeah. He's, a, he's understanding jujitsu. Interesting. Okay? Last week, it's rolling time, and he's right here, and he's ro- we have a new kid who's wrestled his whole life. Pretty bigger, tough wrestler sure. kid, right? Yeah. And he's rolling with him. I look over, and there, me and Greg are both there. We look up. There's like a minute on the clock, and our kid has is mounting this wrestler, mm. and it's blowing up both of our minds. Yeah, okay? yeah, bo- yeah. We're like, no way is this happening. Yeah, yeah. But it is. It's one of the okay? best feelings right there. It is. There. Ugh, as Greg a coach. goes, don't let him knock you off. Hold mount, right? Yeah. Like, if nothing else, stay in this position yeah. until the bell rings. Yeah. Don't worry about the submission. Do not get rolled over. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it. And he's got his chest like mother's milk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chest down, arms are out, and he's Sky doing it. There's him, 10 yeah. seconds left. And Greg goes, 10 seconds left. Finish him. <laughs> and dude, he fucking steps over and gets an arm bar. And arm bars this kid. Tap, the kid tapped, yeah. okay? Me and Greg are like... Wow. Okay. He went from like being extremely uncoordinated. Yeah. And docile. Docile yeah. and yeah. weak and shy and no confidence mm-hmm. and slouching and staring at the ground. Like all of the stereotypical yeah. qualities you would see in it's that. It's the other end of the spectrum of the spaz. Two. Yeah. What I just seen. Okay. That kid's tough. That kid's wrestled. Yeah. Everyone, if you've grappled. We all know a wrestler yeah. has a certain energy behind him. Mm-hmm. Cool. We give him a fucking pound, say, good job, bro. Like, keep up the good work. We recently promoted him like a month ago. Yeah. He's doing all the right things, and we're proud of him. Yesterday, right? Yesterday's Friday. Yep. I come here, and uh, Greg pulls me aside, and he goes, hey, I need, I want to talk to you, and Will. Okay. We go outside, and he goes, so... The kid's mom got a hold of me, said, hey, just wanted to let you know that when I picked up my son the other day, when he got in the car, he started crying. And he said he had a really tough round with a new kid, and he won, but that kid bit him really hard. And he lifts up, and she sends, Greg shows me the picture. (laughs) Dude, this kid straight up latched on. During the mother's milk. During the mother's milk. And bit this kid so, I mean, teeth mark, blood, Dang. like that, I mean, chomped it. Wow. And the kid, our kid, I guess the mom says, why didn't you tell the coaches? I mean, why didn't you say anything? Uh. He says, well, our, our coaches say that if you're a gray belt, you can't show emotion or weakness or cry. Mm-hmm. So in order for me to win, I just had to do it. And uh, in a real fight, you know, there's no stopping even if I get bit. Dude, for that to come out of this child, like, it's yeah. fucking, like, it doesn't even seem possible. The possibility yeah. of us winning the literary lottery three times seems more reasonable than this. It's a and genuine character change in this kid. Literally. So then we all pulled him aside, talked to him about it, told him all about it, obviously told him that this is a safe spot. 
mm-hmm. and that we're proud of him for what he did. However, biting is not allowed in jujitsu, mm. and to come to one of us immediately. And then also, we will talk to the other kid. We're not going to kick him out. Yeah. Okay, this is his first time, and we know exactly what happened. He's wrestling. He got put on his back, and he got put in mother's milk. Yeah, yeah. And he, for the maybe the first time in his life, he had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. So he bit you. Yeah. Right? Mike Tyson bites people in yeah. panic attacks, too. We get it. For sure. It's still not allowed. Okay? Yeah. It's against the rules. If you do it again, you're not going to be able to come. Yeah. So when I'm listening to this, I'm just thinking, like, okay, the power of jujitsu. You're what? Olivia, you train jujitsu, right? You're a purple belt? Okay, so you've been training for a long-ass time. Mm-hmm. What is it? Going back to what I said before the podcast, I looked at a graph earlier and it showed the data of the popularity of jujitsu within our country. Mm. And it's fucking like skyrocketing straight up. Why do you think that is? You know, why, why does a a good looking young girl want to come fucking (laughs) wrestle with a bunch of dudes? Right. Right. And then have done it for as long as she has. Yeah. Why does a guy like you want to do this? Why does a guy like me want to do this? And then everything in between. I mean, sometimes you have fucking straight dorks come in here oh, who yeah. are assassins. Right. Will break my kneecaps and ankles every time I try and wrestle with them. Yeah. And then you also have, you know, meatheads. Yeah, meatheads. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's every single walk of life at every single age level. Yeah. From four to 80. Yeah. What do you think it is? I, I think a big part is the stigma of it only being meatheads is getting crushed okay historically i think grappling jujitsu you're gonna kind of a lot of time you'll think it's mma guys right you're just gonna there's just naturally that association which i i totally get and it's appropriate (laughs) in some ways but it's starting to get tore down a bit to where not everyone looks like greg Right. This, you know, gnarly, macho-looking big guy right. with cauliflower ear, right? Um, there's more gyms, obviously, which is a pretty big thing. Like, the, the amount of black belts every year, it's increasing, 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 and then gyms opening, right? Um, and then <clears throat> I think some of the culture things that we talked about getting tore down mm-hmm. is a big thing where... Uh, some of the traditional stuff with jiu-jitsu or martial arts in general, I think is good. And there's a place. And as we both have experienced in our life, jiu-jitsu helped bring discipline in our life and introduce dis- true discipline outside of the gym. Like it trickled it down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of the traditional things help with that, right? Especially on the younger kids and stuff like that. Bowing on and off the mats, Tying your belt, looking presentable, uh, staying uh, attentive during instruction. Like, these are all things that uh, helping your fellow teammate, uh, if they're preparing for a tournament or being a drilling partner. Mm -hmm. Like, don't just be a dead fish. Don't be too stiff. Help them, you know, uh, answer questions. So, uh, the traditional stuff has its place, but I think... It it has uh, a, li- a little bit, the traditional stuff had a negative piece to it. And because it, the uh, quote-unquote American jiu-jitsu styles, which is a little bit of a mix of wrestling room and 
just athletic room sports and jujitsu. It's merging to where now what you would get, the camaraderie you would get from a football locker room or baseball or a traditional sport is has infiltrated the jujitsu room. So one thing that we love as humans is tribal. Mm-hmm. We're very tribal. That's why CrossFit got so big, in my opinion, is CrossFit is not great for um, noobs working out. It's probably <laughs> not the best thing. If you're fat and out of shape or skinny and have zero muscle on you, CrossFit might not be the best entry to your health and wellness journey. Yeah. Not saying it's not good at all or, or it's if it that you shouldn't if, if if you like to do that kind of workout then that's going to be the best bro it's hard as fuck 100 percent. i think crossfit's hard as fuck it, but that's why for a fatty sorry to call people fatties it's uh, hey but, this is this yeah. is facts on here yeah okay? i used to be a fatty myself i was 230 i so. wasn't a fatty but i was the opposite if yeah. i didn't do anything i would become this like shriveled up malnourished skeleton exactly i get down to like 150 pounds Brutal, (laughs) right? Yeah, and I went the other way. Yeah, so well, most people do, but like, if I eat just a bunch of shitty food, like not pro, like the shitty food that most people get fat on, if I eat that, you will watch me wither away to a fucking skeleton. Yeah, it's so bizarre. So someone like that that has no athletic background, they're out of shape on either end of the spectrum, skinny or fat, coming into CrossFit, it is so intense that you risk one injury to the amount of like recovery time that you'll need because your body's not used to that intense of a workout. I mean, we see it with jujitsu even too. It makes it difficult to be consistent. That's why kind of like diets, whatever you can do consistently is going to be the best one for you. Right. You know, whether that's keto, carnivore, atkin, whatever you want to call it, paleo, I don't know, whatever coined term or name, whatever that is, is going to be the best for you. Whatever you can stick to. And that's the same with working out. If kettlebells are your bu- are, are the thing that you like to do because you like active movements and stuff, great. If you like bodybuilder-style workouts, and like, great. Uh, yoga, whatever. Spin class, uh, Peloton. If you like to do it, run with it. So I, I think that tribal side, which I was getting at with CrossFit, why it got so popular was – you go there and cross it. It seems so cool. You're doing these workouts. You're struggling with each other. And like immediately they're like, and people are typically very welcoming um, in, in the CrossFit community, which I think is also why jujitsu and CrossFit kind of goes together a little bit um, because we're all community based. So when people come to jujitsu schools, newbies, I should say, I don't even want to say for the most part, but a lot of the time, People are going to come up to you, shake your hand, introduce themselves, and immediately there's a welcoming feeling. Not every gym. And if a gym doesn't have that kind of open, like, uh, open door feel, it might not be the best fit. Not that all gyms are bad if they don't have that kind of feeling. But that's just something I find at quality gyms that, that you get that have a good community. And I think that draws people in. Yeah. Um, so, one, the tearing down of you got to be a macho beefy dude to to do grappling or jujitsu that helps people feel like they want to come in also the understanding that like this is just problem solving yeah if you're an engineer if you're a programmer of some sort if then then that which is like computer programming and software development that's like the the structure 
this is all that is. Yeah. If Tyler grabs my wrist, then I'm going to break that grip. Then I'm going to do a arm drag. Then you will then react with an arm drag on me. I now have to get my back to the mat. Now you are on top. So we just did if, then, then that. Mm -hmm. If this happens, then that happens, then this happens. That's all we're doing with our bodies and movement. High-level problem-solving and uh, I, I think when, as people realize that, they, uh, there's more of an understanding that it is that, and it helps people uh, get in. And then let alone, like, all the mainstream podcasts, celebrities, people like Russell Brand doing jiu-jitsu. Um, he's not imposing in any way. Mm -hmm. But he talks about how positive it is for him. Uh, right. I, I think big names like that really, really help. Cool. You want to hear Olivia's? I do. I do. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Okay, so we have Olivia. This is like the first really time that we've ever got to talk, so it's awesome that it's crossed across the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the podcast together. So, for one, I think it's really cool when I meet chicks who train jiu-jitsu. And most girls that I meet who train jiu-jitsu are just starting out mm -hmm. or are like a recent blue belt or something. Mm -hmm. Like the girls here at our gym, our highest level girl is a, is a blue belt. We do have... She might be a member now. Yeah, and she moved. So right now, blue belt's the highest, except for we do have one. I don't know if she's a member or if she's just visiting a lot. She's a purple belt. Maya? So, Maya. Yeah. Is she from Cascade? Is she Asian girl? Small Asian girl? Yeah. Or petite girl? Okay. Okay, so other than her, uh, no other purple belts. So... Such an honor, Olivia. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to ask you, essentially what I asked you over there, why train jiu-jitsu? And as someone who's been training, as long as you have, being that I'm a purple belt, I know that you've put serious fucking time and effort and commitment and dedication, and I'm, I can only imagine the injuries that you've sustained along the way, and... Even if they're not gnarly, like, you can't yeah. tell me every single day throughout your whole journey you felt 100% great. Uh, no, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. You're using red light therapy? Oh, yeah. I need to try this. Oh, it's amazing. Greg told me about this yeah. and Jenny told yeah. me about this. It's legit. Okay. So, why do you train jiu-jitsu? First off, what made you start jiu-jitsu? Okay, so I started jiu-jitsu, and I always remember this story, but... um. Basically, there was, I had read some article about someone being attacked at a like, Carter Subaru in, like, one of their uh, bathroom trailers while they were renovating. Okay. And for whatever reason, that article is what made me be like, you know what? I should probably learn how to defend myself. Um, because there's, there was, I think at that time, like, there was more and more, like, kind of, like, vagrant or homeless people, like, things like that happening. And so I was like, I just, I need to know how to defend myself. At least a very basic level. Okay. So we decided, I think originally I was going to do six months, and then it turned into, well, at least hit blue belt. And then after blue belt, it was kind of like, well, yeah, but after blue belt, I just kept going. Right, you've, you've already yeah. put, at that point, you know what jujitsu is, and you're starting to learn. Yeah. And it starts to become, in my opinion, jujitsu is much more fun when you know what's going on and you yes. know some moves. Even if you're still getting beat... At least you know, like, what's going on, and you do have some moves. They don't necessarily work, 
But fuck, man, when I f- w- first starting and you you feel like you're in the washing machine, yeah. you have zero idea what to do. Mm-hmm. That was the worst to me. Oh, yeah. When you're just like, OK, what do I do next? And like, yeah, <laughs> all like, that past the person's legs. <laughs> OK, so okay, you just continue training up until a purple belt. Well, not up until present. Mm-hmm. You're a purple belt now. And you train at Cascade, mm-hmm. right? Do you train as much as Bill? No. But I have actually started increasing because uh, I'm doing now his day classes. So I've started adding that in. So that's like an additional two days a week. So because I like to lift also. So it's it's hard trying to have enough time to recover from lifting, but then also have time to recover from jujitsu. And if you're like really sore and then you go in and then like you're just getting thrashed. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like my legs are full of blood. <laughs> It was just fun. It was fun. It started yeah. to become fun. Well, it's fun and it's empowering. Like, to be honest, like, all through White Belt, I really didn't like it. Yeah. Like, I hated it. I can, I like a lot. can concur. Like, I didn't, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, I love it. It's so addicting. I'm like, I don't see that at all. Yeah. Like, I remember you had people that were like, oh, do you, like, she was a white, like a three stripe or something like that. Maybe even a blue belt. And they're like, oh, do you, do you love it? Yeah. Like, people that were other colored belt females. Yeah. And she would be like. And not so much. Yeah. So, but blue belt is when I felt like I was starting to grasp jujitsu movements. That's like, yeah. I just remember like cigar cutter was like my favorite arm bar. Um, Just movement. Probably by the time it was like a two stripe is when things really started to pick up. Um, And then, yeah, then purple belt's just been fun. Mm -hmm. Because even more now I'm like, oh, I can actually, because I have all my foundational stuff down, like not down, but you can recall it, a lot of the movements. So now it's like my brain space has opened up to retain more detailed advanced movements. Yes. So I'm like, oh, yes, this is awesome. Yeah, it makes it super fun. Yeah. It makes it a lot more enjoyable. Way more enjoyable. And then you actually feel like you're legitimately doing jujitsu. You're not just like either using strength or just kind of like scrambling or whatever. You're like, okay, I'm actually using transitions and chaining things. That's really exciting. The combos. Yes. The combos. That's where, that's, to me, that's where the high level belt, why why their jujitsu works the way that it does is because they know huge combos that they can put together. And going back to the if, if then, it's like they have this five-step combo, and they have the ifs on each one. Yeah. And it just, like, hones. It reminds me of like, a pinball machine. Like, depending on what notch it hits, it yeah. goes down down to this fucking hole, whether it's a an ankle, a shoulder, mm-hmm. an elbow, a neck. Ooh. I just want to say real quick, the only other thing that uh, kept me, I think, training is the community is huge. I the- think if... If the community at our gym wasn't the way it was, I wouldn't have even stayed okay. as like a white belt. Because we went to another one, and I did not like the environment. So I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. And then I started again like maybe four or five months later when Bill went to Cascade. And then I tried it on. I was like, okay, this is totally different atmosphere. Okay. Yeah, which was like right when I was I got promoted to Blue Belt. I think she had just been going for a couple months or something before that, right? Um Yet, like, what you're saying about as you get better, there's a better understanding of the if-thens. 
a lot of time it's common that we say like, oh, a black belt feels like they're five steps ahead or something like that. More than that, it's a lot of the time what we're doing as advanced practitioners is imagine there's like you have dirt and there's water and I can do my finger and like, you know, when we're kids and we make like a little river Mm -hmm. and we would just drag our finger and then water would go down that. Yeah. That's more so what we're doing is I'm the opponent is the water and then I can like make a little branch with my finger in the dirt that allows water to trickle down that that branch, and then I can do another one, mm-hmm. right? So all I'm doing is, or what we're doing is, we're more so directing you into positions that we know they're traps. Yes. Now along the way, you might make a correct reaction, which is why we do another branch, right? So, um. Easy example is let's say close guard. I am trying to, uh, I want to do a triangle. Well, I need your hands, uh, either, but I I need to control your wrists, right? So I'm going to bring my knees to my chest to try to get you to bring your hands onto my chest or onto the mat uh, in some way. Well, you bring you brace yourself because you don't want to kiss me. So you put your hands on my chest. Well, now I can grab your wrists. Right. Now I have wrist control. Now I can stuff one arm and throw a triangle, right? So I just did a couple things that's directing you in a path. Well, you did a good response, which is you postured when I went for a triangle. Well, all that did was it allowed me to do an arm bar, right? Right. Well, you did a correct response on you stacked me in the arm bar. Well, that just allowed me to do another branch, which is now I'm going to invert into a belly down arm bar or I'm going to sweep you. So what's happening is instead of being like actually thinking three steps ahead, like, okay, I'm going to do a pop triangle into a failed triangle into arm bar into omoplata into a sweep. Sometimes you might think that way. Like if you're intentionally trying to chain like I want certain combos together. Exactly. Like I have a very specific side control attack that I do, which is a, like a Kanto choke from side control top into failed Kanto. Cause the way you defend it is you push the leg off your head, mm-hmm. which then allows a head and arm choke. Okay. And then if you're defending the head and arm choke it to defend a head and arm choke, you need to pull your arm away from your ear. Yeah. But that opens up an Ezekiel. Yeah. So it's this dilemma. Yeah, so every defense is opening up a, 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 the next submission, if then, then that. But that's a kind of a rare scenario where I'm like, but once again, I'm not thinking like, okay, I'm going to try to get the Ezekiel in the end. Every time you put the submission on. Yeah, like you're going to do it. Yes. And then if they don't defend, they get fucked with that submission. Exactly. So they have to defend. That's the proper yeah. thing to do. Yeah. And then when they do that, they fucking pay for it. Yeah. And it's so rad. I yeah. love that And that's so why much. when, like, it's, you're a blue belt, you know some jiu-jitsu, but you're not, con- you, you're not conceiving the Ezekiel choke. Right. You don't. You're not thinking that far ahead with discipline and defense. You're, you might think about the head and arm off the, uh, the the Kanto choke, the step over choke. You might, more so probably not though, especially at blue belt. You're you're just thinking get Survive. this leg off my head, yep. which is you know the defense. Get the leg off my head so he's not choking me. Yep. But boom, boom. Now you you're put in that head and arm. Fucking hand up. Okay. Now I gotta think. 
okay, how do I get rid of this head and arm? It's so deep. Maybe you did the right thing, and now you're really you're dead Z-killed. to rights. Yeah. So you're okay. not you're not even thinking about those things that line. Okay, we're kind. Of, this is a fucking long ass podcast. Okay, I so am a chatty Cassie. It's all good. Me too. <laughs> uh, we are gonna wrap it up though. Okay. However, I want to know both of your opinions. So, Bill, we'll just start with you since you have the microphone. Okay. For the people out there who have heard of jujitsu, want to start jujitsu, are curious about it. Mm. What are some things? Because. How do I say this? A lot of people who I talk to about jujitsu are like focused in on just the fighting aspect, Mm. right? It's just coming here to learn how to defend yourself, quote unquote, where for me and Greg talks about this all the time. That is a part of it. Maybe like 10% of it, Mm. but the most that I've gained from it isn't the self-defense. It's the mental toughness. It's the self-discipline. Mm. It's the commitment to things. It's patience. It's failing and getting back up on the fucking horse. Yeah. It's doing things when I don't want to fucking do it, such as wrestling black belts when I don't want to, right? right? Or coming here when I had a long day at work. Or I want to eat and be gluttonous, but yeah. I know that whatever it is. I had a peanut butter and jelly donut today. See, and it's okay sometimes. It's okay sometimes. Sometimes. But not all the time. Sam right? bought one for me. So do you, So for me, is like most of the things that I have gained from jujitsu, I actually get to apply outside of here. Mm-hmm. I use it more outside of here than I do in here. And that's for me personally. And that's why I think I, I will, I'll, I plan on doing this for the rest of my life. Right. How about you? Do you feel jujitsu has helped you outside mm. of just self-defense and learning a fucking closed guard in a Kimura? Not really, honestly. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, no. Do you want you want to start? Sure. Well, no, I mean, I'm just being put on the spot sometimes. I'm not very good about thinking about these things. But, uh, yeah, I definitely would say it's helped me outside of jujitsu, um, confidence, discipline, um, Patience, um, my ego, I think, because mm-hmm. um, I'm very competitive and kind of realizing, especially now getting into being like a purple belt, like, I don't know, not focusing on certain things um, that maybe I would have in the past, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think it's helped with learning, just being committed to something for so long. I mean, like you said, it's like I haven't been committed to like anything like this long. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Um, and I also feel like, um, I don't know, again, back to like the confidence, I think, and just having like control too. like, I think over my emotions better. That is fucking key. Yeah. Like your stress, your yes. ability to regulate your stress or your emotional composure. Yeah. You see people flying off the fucking hinges all the time. Yeah. And it's like, bro, you ever had a, you know, 220 pound dude put you in mother's milk before? Because you don't fucking know stress. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Going through, I think working through fight or flight stages, uh, especially as like a white belt and like having to be uncomfortable. Well, that's another thing. It's just being uncomfortable. Yeah. And getting used yeah, to it. Getting used to being uncomfortable and doing difficult things. 
So I think um, it definitely has helped with work ethics and, and everything. I mean, really every aspect of my life and, and health and everything. So Cool. Yeah. So what you're saying is you regret it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And then, of course, just building friendships and stuff I think is amazing. Yeah. I mean, fuck. I, we're here doing this. Exactly. Literally because of jujitsu. Right. And so something to kind of echo a little bit what she said is the learning thing. Mm -hmm. So getting, I would say once I got to brown belt, roughly, maybe purple, maybe late purple, I realized I can learn anything I want. If I learn this, and I, I used to not be able to do warm-ups. I had to stop. I was so fat and out of shape. Uh, when we would do line drills or so warm-ups at some gyms, that there's different kinds of warm-ups. Um, but the gym we I started at before Cascade was a lot of line drills. So you're just doing like solo movements for the most part, right? Jumping jacks, bear crawls, mountain climbers, maybe some jiu-jitsu movements like shrimps or something like that. I could not complete it. That's how out of shape it was. Really? Yeah. And I'll have to send you a photo of Fat Bill. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, even when I was a blue belt, you can... I don't have a chin. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so getting through that stage... So that's, one, just difficult. It takes uh, a mental fortitude, right, that... Maybe you have that already. Uh, Greg and I talked about this, but like the you can't teach heart thing. Mm -hmm. Great marketing ploy, but uh, I think you can. I think you can. Um, and I think I'm a part of that. Like I think I, I've always had a toughness in me, but it's kind of like a skill. It's perishable. Yeah. Not that it can maybe completely go away, but it can be harder to tap into. And It's like a dull blade, you know? Yeah. You just need to sharpen it, and the way you sharpen it is doing something difficult, which <laughs> yeah. Olivia just said, right? And so not only is this physically and mentally difficult, um, but we're learning something, a skill. Yeah. I don't care if it's a language. Uh, you want to change careers, and you love accounting, and you've been a grunt of some sort, but you just you like numbers. You can learn accounting. Yep. You can learn... And to be an iron worker, I, I, I was a photographer mm -hmm. uh, and then I went into granite countertops mm -hmm. and I didn't teach myself, but I learned how to fabricate granite countertops like by hand. Yeah. Like I can literally make any edge and install it and fix them and all that polish them and all that kind of stuff by hand. Like I have a, r a rough stone and I can mm -hmm. do cool stuff completely taught. Right. Or I, I learned that in older age too. So I, like I said, I learned this, I started jujitsu at 34, 35. I was a fan of pride and everything since like 2002 ish, mm -hmm. you know, like, so I, I've been watching MMA for a really long time and I watched jujitsu for a really long time. Um, I was too nervous to join. Yeah. I was like, it just, it was crippling. She would give me the green light and be like, you can start training. And I just won. Oh, that would, that's even worse. It's almost like, I wish Olivia would just tell me that I can't go. Give me so a reason. can just fucking get this Give over Give me with. a yeah. reason. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 you can do it. Yeah, and go it's for like, it. That eats you. <laughs> that yeah. fucking yeah. eats you. And I was just like, 
I just, I was, it was, and I still struggle a little bit with the, with the nerves, uh, going to practice even. So, um, but it helped me realize that, especially once now that I'm a black belt is like, I can learn to do anything at a high level. A language doesn't matter. I, if I put my, if I put the amount of effort that I did into jujitsu, actually even half because I'm a psycho Mm -hmm. and I train so dang much. If I put half the amount of effort I did in jiu-jitsu, I could literally learn to do anything. So that that confidence that I have there, that that confidence does waver though. Yeah. Don't I'm not like this super like I feel like I could run through a wall at any moment and learn anything. No, I go through moments where I'm like, oh, you're a retard. Good. Right. But it it's the thing is is like you have the confidence and the self-esteem, but you also have the humility to know like Yes, you can do it, and it's going to take X, Y, and Z yes. to get there. It's right? not going to be easy. No, but you know what not easy consists of. Yeah. You know what long periods of time of discipline and commitment is like. Mm-hmm. You've proved it to yourself, Yeah. and that's what's allowing you to embody that feeling of I can learn everything or anything, Yeah. not by the flick of a finger, right. but if you set your mind to it, you believe that because you've proved to yourself not so not me telling you yeah not olivia saying hey you fucking you're a rock star or whatever mm-hmm. that that helps yeah but it's not the same as when you look in the mirror and you know yeah. that you're what you're capable of right and the only way that you ever find out what you are capable of in my opinion is through doing hard shit mm-hmm. something that would would push you to the point where you're like okay this is what i'm made of or this is where i fucking break yeah you know what I mean? Yep. And in, when I look at society, I have a little quote for society. I wish I could make a huge billboard that mm-hmm. says, like, elevate your breaking point. Mm. Because everyone's breaking point is ridiculously low. How do you elevate it? How do you elevate it? Yeah. Enduring hardship. You got to touch it. Yeah. You got to touch the breaking there. point. Yeah. Yeah. Where do, where do you break? We I know where I break. Yeah. Because we do it. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. But does the person at Costco who's f- flipping me off, right. does he know where his breaking point is? Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, for sure. For sure. This and is already breaking in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. He's he's already there. Yeah, he's already he's there. He's brimming. We haven't even talked yet. Yeah. And I think, like, having that brings confidence outside the room, the jiu-jitsu room. Um, and then... Dealing with the hardships, like the self-defense side, I don't even think about. It was a motivator at one point because I always thought, because I grew up in Edmonds, mm-hmm. I always thought that this dude that would bully me when I was a freshman in high school, Chris Stokes, if you're listening, I'm waiting for you. Yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I joke, we'll be but, here. <laughs> but uh, I just wait for him to walk in one day to like tr- a trial class. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I remember well, you. Well, hey, guess well. what I've been doing while you've been doing your thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, wearing his varsity jacket. Yeah, exactly. The, while you're wearing a black belt around <laughs> your right. fucking waist. So, uh, but it, it actually, it's funny that a dude, uh, Sean McCormick, he just came two weeks ago. How do he's, I know that name? He's uh, Greg's buddy. He does the float lab stuff. Okay. I okay. went to high school with him. Okay. And we hadn't seen each other for like 25 years. And we're like, holy shit, look at us. He, he, he knows Chris. I don't know if he listens to your podcast or not, but he knows Chris. But Chris was just a dickhead to me back in the day. But um, anyways, I that was a motivator of like if I run across one of those, I want to be able to defend myself. Yeah. You know, I wasn't even like a nerd in high school. It was just I was actually a jock yeah. kind of. But he was a year older, 
more muscular yeah, and just, just, a, just a whatever. little bit more. Yep. And, uh, and then also like I had a buddy that I, I, I used to game with. And then like, I, re- I didn't realize that he became a purple belt. Like when I was into jujitsu, but I never trained. Mm-hmm. And then, but he started training, he became a purple belt. And I was like, gosh, I don't want that guy to be able to beat me up if he comes in. Mm-hmm. So then I, that was another motivator that like just kept me going. Like I got to just be able to like, if he comes in, like do do well. Yeah, right. And I didn't think about it every night, but it was like something. It was just, just another in the motivator. Back of your mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, but from a self defense side, like that stuff didn't even like wasn't like a huge huge thing. Now at certain points, it became where I was like when I kind of felt like society mm, needed more stronger men yeah. and and stronger physically mentally and disciplined and then the drinking thing like uh like it, it brought a level of discipline to my life that trickles down again just like the learning thing like yep. i can i know i have a certain level of discipline in me that um i can tap into kind of like the the kid that you talked about that was on the one side of the spectrum of being kind of too calm or, or maybe he's uh, um, maybe it wasn't him totally but um, they, it's hard for them to put an effort into something mm-hmm. fight or flight kicks in and then it's all flight yeah like being able to have a trigger of no I'm fighting Half Gracie has a great quote at some point some motherfucker is going to try to take something from you and your family what are you going to do? 100%, dude. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And that's just a motivator to do something to protect you or your family. I, you know, maybe it's uh, carrying a gun. That's super low level, and I don't, re- re- I, I don't recommend doing that until you're proficient in that skill of weaponry. Yeah. Right? But uh, maybe it's... Uh, becoming proficient with a knife, uh, hand-to-hand combat, something. You need to be able to protect you and yours, and then maybe you know, at some point the community. Yeah. And hopefully that never does happen. Like, the, you know, so the quote does have its limitations. Like, you, you might never run into that. Right. But the whole warrior-farmer thing, yeah. right? Like, you'd be rather be a warrior- in the garden. In a garden. Than in the gardener in the war. In a gardener in a war. And like I would. Yeah. And and, and that helps kinda it's kinda macho thing, but it kinda it, it resonates a little bit. And as we see certain points of civilization kind of break down, which the line of civilization and civility is very thin. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen that whether it's COVID or other countries or whatever, uh that that line can get breached and shit can go bad. Yeah. And then it's truly tribal. Yep. Hopefully you know your neighbors. Yep. Or at least the couple that you identify. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully you have game plans of what if communications go down? I get this is like kind of prepper stuff and people can be like, oh, that shit will never happen. Yeah, the fucking World Economic Forum says there's a cyber attack coming. <laughs> right. They did cyber polygon right. shit. So, and, I mean, and it's not that far Even if someone out. doesn't go down that road, right? Even if someone d- doesn't go down there, it's like, but what if, like, during COVID or our little 
weak ice storms that we have, people rush to the store for toilet paper and it's gone. And then people are freaking out. Bro, you can take a shower after you take a shit. Yeah, I know. That's you don't a, need all this toilet paper. No. Like, <laughs> no, you dude. probably should anyways. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> but just seeing the fabric of civilization break down that quickly because of a week-long ice storm. Yeah. You know, like that can happen at a drop of a dime. When, mm-hmm. You know, and it could be something, uh, whether it's natural disaster or, or, or more nefarious kind of things. And... um. So it, it jujitsu helped me with um, one being disciplined in all parts of my life. Um, if someone's looking to start and they're on the fence um, and they want to improve their life in those areas, whether it, it, it be health, wellness, discipline, because you're not going to most likely you're not going to run into a jujitsu gym where there's this huge macho thing. Even if the instructor looks mean, he's probably the nicest dude in there. I've yet for the to, most part. Yeah, I, out of the hundreds of jujitsu dudes I've met, yeah, I've met like two that weren't not they weren't even dickheads. They yeah. just weren't that cool, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? They don't ever like they they just like seed themselves yeah. out. They weed themselves yep. out. They don't come back. Yeah, it and takes some, a certain type of human being. Yeah, to see. Months and years down the road. Yep. You know what I mean? Totally. And, and you know, there, there's, it's one of these things where it can, it's intimidating and I get it. I didn't freaking train and come in and train for a while. You know, it was, I get the nerves and when I get, cause I teach, I teach when I uh, get a new guy or girl coming in, I always tell them you already did the hardest part, which is walking in. Yeah. Literally, it's the hardest part. It's harder than the first week of getting smushed, yeah. but just coming in. And this is the first step to your life literally changing. Yeah, It can be that. It can be a tool where it's things don't change. So can a million dollars. A million dollars cannot change a damn thing for a lot of people, and it usually doesn't for a lot of winners. Yeah. It changes it for three years or five, whatever the average is, yep. and then they're broken. And again. then back to fucking square one. Right, because they ain't got no discipline. Um, this can be the biggest game changer in your life. And we know that because one, I've had it. Olivia's had it. She, I referenced the, like having the trigger of like being aggressive, mm-hmm. right? Let's say you're on your back and there's a, a wrestler. She just had this. It was a, a female that was probably 180 pounds and she wrestled in high school. Okay. She's a young 22 year old or something like that. Yeah. And she's just attacking Olivia like an animal. Yeah. Moves well. Yeah. Big. Well, Olivia was able to hit that trigger, and she's still working on this. Yeah. Where she was like, I'm not going to just turtle. And it was a situationals yep. sparring. I'm not going to just turtle and, and, and go to the end of the line. Yep. I, I was watching. <laughs> I saw it in her face. She said, now, fuck that. Yeah. She doesn't swear, but... And I saw it in her face, and she started gritting down on her mouth guard and started attacking. And it turned into a dogfight. It was a lot to handle. And she swept her and took her back. Hell yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. And, but that moment, she grew. Yeah. She grew physically and mentally. She knows she has that in her. She also knows when this animal was attacking her, you said this earlier, she can be like, it's all good. Calm down. Mm-hmm. 
calm down. I, I've been here before. This I do this daily. I do this three times a week, whatever it is. It's all good. Calm down. Get your grips. Get your bearings. Do your thing. Yeah. That okay. familiarity yes. in fucked up situations of being able to find a peace in the chaos. Get Going back to the cop thing. It's one of the reasons these guys go to their firearm, their lethal, right away and so early is because that scenario is scary as hell. Yeah. You don't know if this guy's got a gun. You don't know if he's got a knife, if he's going to try to take your gun and shoot you. So they're in a situation where they're trying to subdue the person and they lose control because they have shit grappling and control uh, and pinning. So then they go to their lethal, which is their gun, right? They don't go to the taser, which is shit anyways. I understand a taser can work, but it, uh, there's like a 60 or it was, it's like it works like 60% of the time that they can get good connection and stuff like that. Right. So then they go to the gun. Yeah. It didn't have to. And if they had their wits about them because they've been in these horrific positions that we get put in where there's some guy sitting on my freaking head and trying to break my arm in a Kimura, I can stay calm there. I can think through what's going on and reverse the situation by being calm because I've been there at this point <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so it, it'll trickle down. And once again, we're talking about like life and death situations. Just put that into your work. When you get an email from your boss or a coworker and it kind of riles you up or a situation, something doesn't go right. Just, it's all good. Breathe. I can fix this problem. Yep. I can fix this problem. I've been in a lot worse. Yeah, right? Right? I've been in a I lot Tyler's worse. beard in my face. Yeah. He's trying to choke me. Uh. A grown man is trying to choke <laughs> me, and I was able to get out. That's right. I stayed calm. You can do that with an email at work. You can do that with a pressure scenario, a timeline. One of my favorite videos is from Jocko Willing called Good. I've seen it many, many, many times. Yep. And I play it for myself probably once a month. Yeah. Yeah, me too. A little two-minute clip. Yep. And I recommend people people watch it. It's very macho. I get it. But there's value to it. And uh, and I get people make fun of it, too. Got herpes? Good. <laughs> right. Got AIDS? Good. Good. <laughs> I get it. Like, there's, there's a funny part to that. Um, but be, beyond that, there there's, uh, there's a... Men mentality and, and a truth to it that you you can implement in all areas of your life and and i think jujitsu helps that yeah i agree yeah fucking a all right well that's, how about that answer that's that's fantastic put that in your put that, that in your, your pipe, pipe and, and smoke, smoke it, it. <laughs> cool um before we jump off where can people get a hold of you grappling with podcasts on youtube uh there's a grappling with life podcast that's not us uh you'll see my stupid mug olivia's on there too she's like our jamie from joe rogan uh but she contributes and all that kind of stuff um jiu-jitsu health wellness all that integrated staying with integrative medicine is where carrie has her practice so if you're looking for a naturopath yeah or something like that great my instagram's apmedia.photos uh and that's kind of where I'm most active. I just post jujitsu stuff, really. Cool. Um, but yeah, if you want to ask me a question or 
whatever. I don't yeah, know. So send him a fucking question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roger that. Nope. Okay. So for all the listeners out there, remember, I don't pay for advertisement. I don't pay marketing. I get fucking shadow banned. I get censored off shit. So yeah. I re- literally rely on you guys to share the p- episode because I, if I try and do it myself, I spend more time making new accounts than I do actually <laughs> uploading anything. So please help me out, guys. I'll see you next week. Later. Later.